Welcome to uh, the Max and Chris Show, episode number, I think, 10. Maybe we do a little asterisk, 10B. We'll, yeah, we'll so kind really, of explain the situation. Like 12. Yeah. If you consider the Mark and Sarah one, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. Anyways, introducing our good friend, um, Nathan Hybor, owner of DHE Plumbing and Mechanical, um, located in Jamestown, Michigan, Hudsonville, Michigan. And. Uh, Unfortunately, or embarrassingly enough for me, I, we talked about it on the Chick-fil-A podcast. We had a little bit of a delay in releasing new podcasts because we spent mm, two and a half hours with you, Nate. Oh, yeah. A good two and a half, three. And then we get done with the podcast, <laughs> and I look at it, and I'm like, uh-oh. It, it, it looks like it's full. <laughs> you are getting billed twice. <laughs> and, <laughs> And then uh, I'm like, well, let me let me download it and and I'll get back to you guys. I'll let you know. And I like got home, got the kids down or whatever, and I plug it in. It usually takes like, it usually takes like an hour probably to like download onto the Dropbox Dropbox file to send out. And it took me, it took like five minutes. Uh oh. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and I, you're like, so how much of it recorded? And I'm like, sixteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, take two. I'm glad to be back. Yeah. Well, we yeah. appreciate that. We were going to have you back regardless, but came a little bit sooner. Yeah. Sequel, real quick. Yeah. I pre- uh, yeah. I do really actually appreciate the fact that you're taking, hopefully, we can, you know, hopefully we can get a little bit of time out of you t- again today. But there's no way it'll be as good as the first one. I was an amazing guest. That was good. You were, you were. so you good. Were. The last, dude, like the last, I told Chris. Maybe I told you too. Like the last like twenty five minutes too, you were just on fire, and it's it's gone. It's gone forever. Forever. It can never be duplicated. So maybe we just end right here. And that's it. See you guys. (laughs) (laughs) No, but we do. uh, I yeah, I felt awful just because it's like it's such a big. It's a time commitment. By the time you drive here, set up, sit down, record. Then drive. I mean, that's oh, I want to come hang yeah. out at the Maxi office. Anyways, we're good. Yeah, I was due for stop by. Thank you for not punching me. But I was told that if this one didn't record, I think I probably will get punched. It would be the Nate and Chris show from here. <laughs> yeah, you, you are. Not, not, he's not already brought guy. it up. Yeah. I will step in. I'm not a tech guy. I'm not a tech guy. But yeah, I uh, we said a prayer before, oh. so I think we're good. Let's do it. All right, let's roll. Perfect. Um, so kind of, I mean, let's start literally like we did last time, all the way from the beginning, from the, the 1981. Day. Yes, <laughs> 1981, please. Uh, 1981, Nate Hybor is born in James, New Zealand, but uh, Jamestown, Michigan, on a dairy farm outside of Hudsonville. Uh, grew up on a farm, 4-H. Uh, all the normal farm duties. Uh, did that until I was 14 when the bank took the farm. Uh, had to do with, I mean, nothing completely out of control, uh, out of everyone's control. Milk prices had fallen through the floor. Grain prices had jumped through the ceiling. It was a math. It wasn't a outwork this, uh, change how you're doing things. A simple math problem that just uh, didn't work. So at that point, uh, our family had a pivot. My father became uh, a plumber working for my grandfather. That's kind of when his industry changed. And that brought us into high school. So it was, it was, Bittersweet to see it go, but at the end of the day, farming nowadays is for the big and the bad. You need to know the grant games. You need to know, um, I mean, technology. There, there's no small plumbers or small farmers anymore. And, and it was, you're 14 years old, and I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you don't, 
when I was 14, I had no idea if things were running well or not yeah. with the farm or anything. I mean, did you have any idea that the, like, could no. you feel it? No, no, and no. it was just, so, so for you as a 14 year old, it's almost like overnight. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I were making some changes and this is it. I was not involved in any of the, you know, business back then way too young. Mm-hmm. And then, and you have three siblings. Yep. I have a younger brother, Eric, younger brother, Josh, who are both in business with me. Uh, and then my younger sister, my youngest sibling is my sister, Laura. How many acres were you guys on out in Jameson? Um, I'm going to guess I'm going to be off, but it, it was quite a few from Byron Road all the way to Riley, 40th to 24th, a good wow. majority of that. I want to say 700 acres, but that might be, uh, we're going back wow. a long ways. Wow. Wow. What, what is it today? Like that little section right there, specific, is it? A lot of it's still farmland. Okay. Um, our farm is still there. It's a semi-repair shop and like diesel engine mechanic shop now. Um, but most of it's still undeveloped. There's a couple new housing developments that are finally pushing that far south from the Jamestown industrial boom, if you want to call it that. Yeah, uh-huh. that's wild. So I, that had to just be like a, a crazy experience to be like, this is life. And then the next day, it's complete. I mean, was it different? We didn't know, or, we didn't know any different. Yeah. So it was just a you're, change. You're just rolling like, with the punches. Things are going to be different. And, yeah. Stick together as a family and just get through it. Yeah. And did your dad have any background in plumbing or he just? Uh, no, to get us through. He was still milking cows after hours, so middle of the night. And then he would uh, became a plumber under my grandfather's company, H&H, back then. I, I don't want to say... Uh, out of default, but it was probably one of the quicker avenues at that time to have income coming in and pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And a complete sidebar, but I was uh, looking at an old build out for an office building and there was a high bore plumbing. Is that? Yeah, no relation. There's some other high bore. There's a high bore landscaping, a high bore bolt. I think there's even a high bore heating and cooling, and none of them are relation of it. Yeah. At least nothing close. There's like, like some family split back in the day that. Split you guys up and you oh, there was so still hasn't that grandpa hasn't been yeah my grandpa had twelve siblings, um, so you just had different so we were kind of known as like the Jamestown farming highbors there was the Zealand farming highbors and then you've got you know into the city the city folk yeah. highbors if you will so when when did your grandpa get the into city it? Folk, how did he get into highbors my grandpa uh, grandpa Jack Howard their family was in it for. I don't even know how many companies there were. Franklin Howard Company is his relation uncle, I think. Um, and there was Howard Heisinger. There was a bunch of them. So it was kind of, wow. uh, it's been in that my mom's side for generations. That's awesome. And and your, so your dad loses, you're 14 years old, so that you, you were a freshman and going into high school. Right. And you're, you went to Unity. And you, so you stayed at Unity through that whole process as well. My yeah, my parents is very important to them and very important to me. So they they kick, punch, scream, whatever they had to do mm-hmm. to you know get us through. And I mean that had to be yeah. that like I can't I can't imagine it. That's not even yeah. like private school is so expensive anyways, and it's like seen as almost like a I don't, I don't know what the it's a luxury to yeah, a luxury. People. Thank yeah. you, yeah. And so to have that going on and then make sure that not just one, but I'm assuming all four of you guys yeah, stayed in us, right? wow. to stay in that program. That's pretty cool. And that also has to do with church community and Jamestown community, the farmers, they all kind of stick together. Um, it's just kind of the history of that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's special though. I mean, to like make that decision of like, this is so important to us that we're going to make sure that we're going to, however. Yeah, no matter what we need to do, we, we're going to get those kids through the school, Christian education. Yeah, sure. 
And growing up on the farm gives you a work ethic that you don't realize you're receiving until yeah. later on in life. Like when I was on the school bus for the first year, I thought other kids fed their animals before school too. And that is definitely not the case. Yeah, I was going to say, so what, what did your typical day look like? Like wake up at what time and feed the animals? About two in the morning, I'd get up. I'm just kidding. I really remember. I just remember I had to go off. Two in the morning. There's usually a couple chores. Uphill both school. ways. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, we had some calves and cattle at our, like our barn behind our house and the main farms across the street. So they'll kind of chipped in and uh, like in the summer when other kids were kind of out, like learning how to swim, riding bikes, we were picking up rocks and driving the tractor, which sounds fun. But when you're driving a tractor at two miles an hour yeah. in the sun, it's not that cool. It's not. Yeah. So to this day, I still can't swim. It's one of my things I'm working on. I took swimming lessons at Grand Valley right before COVID past level one and I was going to take level two and then the whole COVID thing shut down. So I got to get back over there. Yeah. That, that's extra, it's extra funny that Nate can't swim because he lives on a lake. Too. Extra funny? <laughs> extra funny, yeah. I love water. I love, it's like an enemy though. Like I got to keep my eye on it. I, I can see the water. Yeah. I better not go in there, but I can, I know where it's at. But you said you're like a rock. Like you jump in. You're, High you sink. I'll sink. Yeah. yeah, I'll sink. I've mm-hmm. had people be like, oh, you can really float. Let's, yeah. let's give it a shot. Come over here. I'll help you float on your back and they just give up. Like there's something you're broken. <laughs> It's that low body body fat percent. I, Big arms. I'm good at a lot of things, but swimming is not one of them. <laughs> I also do remember that story. I think what were you in elementary school and selling? Was it selling bubble gum? Could oh, you tell the, that story? I will tell. Yeah, let me one more swimming story yeah. to really bring this home. And this is this is embarrassing, but I'll tell you guys because we're yep. friends. Yep. we're friends here. Um, Camp Roger at Camp Roger, they have a, a washer system. And so if you could swim across the pond and back lake, whatever you want to call it, you were a blue washer, I believe. And that meant you can do whatever you want. Take out a rowboat, yep. swim, yep. You're, you're free. You are A-OK. If you could swim from dock to dock, you were a green anchor or green washer, which meant that you could only need a life jacket on if you were going on like a boat or a kayak or a canoe. Uh, but if you could not make it from dock to dock, you were a red washer. That meant if you can see water, like, if you're eating breakfast, but you can still see water, your life jacket's on. Yeah. <laughs> I was the only red washer on this giant board of all the names and numbers of who they were. Just one big red washer sticking out, and that's old Nate Highboard. <laughs> How old were you at the side? <laughs> um, let me think. I was scarred at the age of, it had to be like seven or eight. You're oh my like, gosh. They're like uh, you're having a bowl of soup, and they're like, Nate, uh, Nate you're a little close. If you roll down the hill, bounce off that tree, and up in the water, it's on us. It's so, a, yeah. Let's put on these, you know, at least these swimmies. It's a big bowl of soup. You could drown in that. <laughs> <laughs> Liability, I guess. Insurance. Yeah. They gotta make their money. Uh, it, literally, no other kid, just Nate Highbor. There was only one red washer for that week, and that's me. I, I still think I might be at like a light pink washer, but I'm definitely not in the green. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, Chris, back to your question about that's probably one of my, my first businesses was selling uh, tear jerkers. I think they were called crybabies back then. The, the, that's the, yep. the terrible tasting bubble gum with, I don't know why anyone eats them, but they were popular. They just come out when I was in fifth grade. The warheads or tear Crybabies? Yeah, so cry you're, you're younger yeah. than me, Max. We didn't have those back then. The, okay. It was like the very first was Crybaby. Like okay. The original, okay. very sour, extremely sour, terrible tasting gumball. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't have access to those from the dairy farm. So I would get on the bus and I paid a kid, usually bought him two caramel apple sticks or cow tails. 
in exchange for buying me whatever my order was for the day from Piper's Card Store, downtown Hudsonville. So then the next morning in the bus, he would give me my supply and I would sell them at school, five cents, uh, 10 cents a piece, um, three for a quarter. And that went well because I'm the only game in town. I'm the <laughs> only one slang and candy. Hustling the whole school. And then I'm not going to say last names, but Kelly showed up. <laughs> Kelly showed up and her mother took her to a new store called Sam's Club. Oh, yeah. And Uh-oh. Kelly decided to buy a giant jug of crybabies and bust into my market. Yeah, good for her. Competition's not terrible. A terrible thing, but... Um, so I had to pivot. I did run some specials and then it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, boxing out your territory and things like that. And eventually the principal pulled me in and said, you know, hey, no businesses anymore. I think my parents were involved, but it wasn't like you're in trouble, but just like, and eh, we're going to put the kibosh to this. And yeah. So it didn't get to like knife fights or anything like that. I, I've run into my teacher, Mrs. Ryler's dam a couple different times and she brings it up every time. She stored <laughs> She loves awesome. it. She absolutely <laughs> loves it. She's like, I knew, I yeah. knew from that day. <laughs> yeah, not that, yeah. That's so cool. That's a, that's so fun. And, and that, I mean, that is your personality even to this day though. Like you're going to, find an opportunity and stuff. Look for an angle. I mean, have fun doing it. I was, yeah. I was making friends while I, on the bus about this and, you know, making friends selling gumballs, I guess. Was it like you, back then? I mean, was it like working towards like a PlayStation or something fun or was it literally just stacking stack dough yeah. and the hustle? I, and I think it was just to be able to buy my baseball cards and my candy for free. That's Can't amazing. Argue with that. And that, man, I sound like a drug dealer right there. <laughs> yeah. it sounded like a drug dealer response, and that's just not the case. Candy slang and only. Yep. Unity Christian drug dealer, <laughs> the one and only Nate Highmore. If you need, if you need your candy fix, yep. But real candy. <laughs> real, this is real candy. Yeah. <laughs> real candy, not yeah. Okay. Stop winking at me. It is real candy. <laughs> it is bubblegum. Oh man, um, that's such a cool story. And that was in fifth, fourth grade. That was fifth grade, I think. Yeah. Okay. So you've had that. I mean, you you were. Do you think maybe we talked about this too? But do you think you're born with that? Like, or do you think it's part of like with the the entrepreneurial like that that edge of like I'm gonna push yeah. and have like find opportunity in anything or maybe not business specific, but I think some people are born with more competitive nature than others. Yeah. Some people just despise competitive stuff, any kind of competitive sports where I'm still into that. I'm playing soccer tonight. I'm the oldest guy by far in the league. Probably shouldn't be playing anymore. I'm one mild injury from retirement, but I'm going to get out there. Um, I don't know if it's that little endorphin rush or what it is, um, but just somehow to compete. I mean, even if it's against old age, working out, doing something, that's, that's competition. And I need to have some of that in my life. Yeah. So you got the, I mean, you grow up with the farm and then on top of that, you have soccer, which has been a huge part of your whole life. Yeah, we've too. been a I mean, big soccer family. Yeah. And that, I mean, I would imagine all of that together, I mean, drives that competition or teaches you the competition, at least in a way too. I, I think every kid should find not necessarily a sport, but maybe it's chess, maybe it's something mm-hmm. to really understand winning and losing this whole um, participation ribbon stuff is junk. When I coached Banks's team, um, Got to give a shout out to my beautiful wife, Lindsay, my son, Banks, and my daughter, Willa. Um, when I, I told the, all the kids to score after every game. I know you're not supposed yeah. to. Sorry, AYSO, write me up or something. Uh, but our kids understood what the score was because that is how life really works. Um, you guys know in real estate, if, you, if a deal falls apart, they don't give you like a coupon yeah, yeah. to go get yep. a free, I don't know, buffet at Denny's or something. 
Hey, yeah, you worked really hard on this one, Max, so we're going to pay you 1%. Yeah. Yeah. That hasn't yeah. happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Funsies, here's part yep. of my commission. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you guys worked hard to try to put it together. Uh, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes this is getting it done and still not. It's yeah. still fighting to get paid. Yeah. But I also do think <laughs> with just working on the farm, that mentality yeah. had to shape you to some extent of just that grinding. Because I, I knew, because my dad was a brick mason growing up, so like my mom got sick of me. By like fourth grade summertime, she was like, you can go work for your dad. So it was hauling brick and mortar up and down the ladder my yeah. entire life. I realized pretty quickly, I was like, hey, dad, I love you, but I can't do this anymore for an entire life. I also think growing up on the farm just taught me that I have two hooves. I cannot build anything. I can sell, <laughs> I can negotiate, I can uh, work with people, I can get the deal done. But yep. you want me to quick build a birdhouse right now? If you had the stuff, you were here at CD Barnes, we could grab some stuff. It'd be, yeah. it'd be terrible. I don't know what it would end up being. Um, my cadets' projects were always just god awful. Shop class stuff was crooked. I, I just two hooves. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> you learn what you, you, you should be doing. Me when someone could just build like a, a picture frame in a square. Like, yeah. Huh? What did you do? Yeah. How did you do that? Or, or like uh, Trevor's brother did at All Seasons. Yes. He did the amazing work. And yeah. he just like looks yeah. at it and is like, oh, I'll just do this. He this, did the and counter, this. and then next thing you know, it's beautiful counters. And, and then he did all the cabinets and everything at uh, Shoreline as well. And by himself, and he knocked it out of the park. And he can just, you can just visualize that. And yeah. I, I do not have any of that, not one ounce. Yeah, but that's interesting because like um, I always give, like Trevor's is, got hooves as well, I think you would say, but like he can visualize that the end product of that development or that building and what it's going to be. And I would say you have that same thing too, where yeah, you can see true. it before, yeah. but you're just not going to go build it. Uh, like Strikers Family Fun Park, when a lot of people saw that as just an old mm-hmm. junky fun park, I looked and said, whoa, no, those are you know high-end townhomes. We bought the property and um, it renovated to what it is today, Riverstone Townhomes. A lot of people just either one thought it was a dumb idea or two just it looks like a family fun park, so it's a family fun park. Well, no, click. No, it's not. I've been driving by this how many times a day, and there's apartments on both sides. What are we? Wait a minute. Now, this is an apartment site that just happens to temporarily be a family fun park. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones right off of Baldwin. Yeah, by Meyer. Yep. 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 Man. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, and that's a skill, too, to be able to, like, not have to have the trees cut back or this or, like, the site completely graded before you see like, hey, this is a really nice parcel of land or this could be that. So that's a that's a skill set too, even though it's not there's a grind to it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. But um so you're in high school, Unity Christian, huge soccer family. Your sister was the bass from what I've been told. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you could you could argue that. She's in the <laughs> Hall of Fame for soccer at Michigan State. Yeah. Um I think she was the first uh, what do you call it? Miss soccer that as a sophomore. And then she was again as a senior. Wow. And I still believe she holds most of the Michigan high school records for goals and assists. And that, I mean, part of that probably, I mean, it has to be growing up playing with three older brothers and farm, farm mentality too. That's I'm sure you guys definitely made her tough, on but it. she's agile like a cat. You can't knock her over. <laughs> you, can, you watch these other girls just hit her hard. I don't know. Just you are like you should fall down, and boom, she does not fall down. That's a huge asset. Well, yeah. I, I know. Like I, I think I brought this up the last time too. Like where I got the clip. You sent me a clip of all her highlights from Michigan State for her Hall of Fame video okay. that they clipped together, and it's like it, it was like it's at least five minutes long. 
And I'm like, you could take every single game I played from the time I was a tot all the way through <laughs> of my highlight reel. You're and it two would, minutes? Yeah. yeah. With yeah. The I don't even know if I would get that far. But There'd be like one 30-second clip of where like I accidentally like lost the puck to somebody and it looked cool. <laughs> and you probably didn't record it. No. Yep. Yeah. yeah, well, that tape was full again. Yep. Tape, yeah. tape was full. This goes back a ways. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, allowed to bring it up three times, so two more times. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm still rattled about it. If you can't tell, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's been it's been weighing on me. My confidence in the podcast game is just all time low after that one. Yeah, we're still shooting eighty percent though. <laughs> we were Nate and I were talking. That's three not throws. Terrible. That's money. Yeah, if I was hitting eighty percent strikes and bowling, baseball. Yeah, baseball. Baseball, your Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame by yeah. far. Yeah. Well, for now, hockey. <laughs> Maybe we're your goalie. Top. You're probably getting benched, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not eighty yeah. percent. Nah. Maybe if it was your power play percent, but yeah. no. Gold goaltending. You're yeah. You're not even making your high school team. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Um, so that brings us to high school. That's, yeah. Uh, that's the DJ's Pizza Plus era. Downtown Hudsonville. Um, big shout out to Dan Snowing. Um, owner and all the people I ever worked with there. Great job. I think I started at 14, back before these new laws where you can like look at a job for an hour a day, and that's the mm-hmm. most kids can do. Um, I mean, back then we could work till midnight or one o'clock when we closed. Um, I believe I hold the record. I have to check with Dan. Uh, we don't have call. Are we allowed to have people calling? Yeah. Uh, we're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> one of the younger managers. I I know I couldn't drive yet, so at like 15. 15 and a half, right? Yeah. Almost 16. On Saturdays, Dan would go to the Michigan games and I would stay back and um, kind of oversee things. So big shout out to Dan. He was huge with my schedule as far as uh, through high school and college, working around my sports, working around classes up at Northwood. Um, we can go more into that. Um, basically, I would go to class. I leave Sunday, go to class at North University, um, Monday through Thursday, come back and then work for Dan Friday, Saturday, as many hours as I could possibly put in managing, delivering pizzas, whatever it took, and then back Sunday, see the family, wow. and then head back north. Was wow. was DJs just because? I mean, were you living right over there? Or how did? What was the connection? Uh, really good friends with my aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I think my I don't know if I asked my parents. It's probably the other way around. We're like, hey, boy, you're getting a job. Yeah, and went and met with Dan. He gave me a shot, and met a lot of good friends, and learned a lot about business. Um, both good and bad. And then I got to give a shout out to Dan because I wanted to buy it after I graduated college. And he said, no. I was going to say, did you ever think about getting into like the food industry restaurants? I was a subscriber to pizza today okay. at like 17 years old coming in the mailbox monthly. Wow. Obviously pizza monthly makes sense. Yeah. What? How? Yeah. That's just why. Yeah. That's why you're different though. Too is like that you would take the steps to make sure that you're subscribed because you're going to be the best at it. Well, it was a good social uh, social experiment. You're meeting kids from other schools, and how do you motivate the people underneath you? How do you work with people who are older than you that need to answer to you? And how do people tick? And that's I don't know if you're born with that too, but I'm pretty good at reading people and figuring out what their motivation is. How to motivate people to to be the best at what they can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you work through DJs. Doing high school and through college at Northwood, which um, I mean, I think you you mentioned last time that Northwood was like kind of like when you decided like, hey, I'm gonna lean into academics and yeah, yeah. I graduated. Uh, I was voted teacher torture, I believe, <laughs> at Unity senior year. Graduated with a two nine, I think. Just, well, that's right. pretty good, right? I was <laughs> right, guys? chasing yeah. girls, two making pizza, good, right? I was playing, playing soccer. soccer. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yep. Uh, yep. And just the 
the English lit classes and some of those just I couldn't focus on. I'm ADD or ADHD, which one of one of those is, and so it's just so hard to sit and just focus on something like that when I really it's not right. I wish I would have focused more, but at the time it's so hard to find a return on that time. What's I'll, the well? You're not seeing the value proposition in like studying or being. You'd rather play soccer or work. Yeah, my mind was elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so did what I had to to get by. Had soccer scholar, which ended up hurting me soccer scholarship wise. Uh, there's mm. some schools that they just couldn't get me. They wanted me on the team, but um, yep. yeah, grade point average, there's no way around it. And I did have some scholarships to Aquinas, Cornerstone, Spring Arbor, but they were partials. Those are expensive mm-hmm. schools. Good schools, but expensive. And then if you yeah. don't have the grades on top of that to stack the the yeah. fine, whatever I've drawn up, a lot of those kind of schools will use your grade point and find you know, correct find mm-hmm. you some other scholarship money. Yep. You know. So at Bowling Green, even with my low GPA and ACT or SAT, whatever we take score, somehow they, like you're on a full ride scholarship, but you're not really because they get credits for you for being out of state. They get credit yeah. for you mm-hmm. for academics. And like, so really you're, you're a full ride recipient, but you're like really probably a 75% scholarship person for the team based on that money. They find other places so then they can awesome. spread it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. My academics didn't help me very much either. But I got into Brown. Did you really? No. Yeah. 2-9 and the 21 on the ACT. Brown, like in Alaska? Like, in Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> like Brown University in the online only? Like, yeah. yeah, the online version. <laughs> oh, yeah. University, University of Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, what is this? <laughs> yeah. No, I got in. Huh, they cool. wanted me. I didn't frame that. Is that on the, yeah. uh, in your office wall? Uh, no. Did no. your parents Did you ever this? consider it? Uh, I, it was the same type of thing. So you're like looking at different schools. So I had like a half to Quinnipiac, which is also, it's not Ivy league, but it's in the Ivy leagues. Um, and beautiful school. So I had half there Brown because they're an official Ivy league school can't give scholarship. And then you have other schools like Alabama Huntsville or Minnesota state or, uh, Bowling Green who offered full rides. And it's like, School for free, books for free, board for free, or go to Brown and you're paying what, 50, 60? Yeah. And full boat. So it was, and, and I was a Michigan boy. So to be close to Michigan. But looking back, if you went I to Brown, where would you Brown. be now? You wouldn't be talking to us. No, I'd probably be some president. Sort of CEO of, <laughs> I think I'd be, yeah. Whirlpool or something. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be arrogant, but I'd at least be vice president, I think. <laughs> I, yeah. Most of those big companies, everyone's a VP of something. Yeah. No, I'm in the United States. The, oh, the whole deal. <laughs> the whole deal. The whole kid I mean, I'm trying to be <laughs> modest. Yeah. No, you'd be a senator at this point. You've got to work your way up. <laughs> like, like of a not a great state, though, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like Low-key low Well, state. Idaho or something. Yeah. <laughs> Like Indiana, Indiana. Yeah. You, can, you can read. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll take you. Indiana senator, exactly. No, so yeah, I get so that. What did you study then at North Northwoods? Northwoods a business focused school from day one. Okay. So I mean, there's still some prereqs like English that you need to take to be you know get an actual diploma. It's yep. in town though, right? Like, it's in Midland, so you're a couple they, hours away. Do they have a campus in town though? Or, they uh, do or did have a grad school like remote, like up location, off, of uh, off Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. an, okay. I, I think that confused me. Okay, grad only, like okay. a satellite grad office. Okay. Um, but my buddy Jimmy Van Lu told me about. It. He's like, dude, I'm going here. You got to come check this out. So I went up, and everything just kind of clicked. Like, oh yes, this is an English class with working on resumes and business plans. Like there, uh, there's a way to spin the prereqs that you need to get, and you start taking business classes on. 
you know, day one. So all of a sudden now I've got something I want to focus on. I want to run towards, mm-hmm. and um, maybe I was just getting a little bit older, a little bit more mature, if you will. But I graduated uh, class president, um, and I don't remember my GPA. It wasn't a four point or anything, but it was in the you know three five, three six, something respectable. Where it's just like, all right, if I can focus something I like, uh, yeah. Did you no have a plan? I, like, I enjoy it. Obviously, you going in with a goal to do well in school at that point. But like, did you did you in your mind vision something that you were gonna do? Like, I'm going to get into plumbing, or I'm going to get into real oh, estate. Buddy, we had a long <laughs> list of companies that I I, I started hybridizing in at Northwood. Um, I saw all these delivery vehicles as a pizza spinoff. But I said, why don't I lease vans to Pizza Hut? And sell the advertising in the sides of the vans, like NASCAR. You've got a mm. a market that you know exactly the circle, so you yep. got a focused market. So the local mom and pop and VCR repair store yeah. can advertise on the side of the van. Pizza Hut gets vans, so they don't have to worry about somebody delivering an old junker. I'm like, this this has to work. So I got pricing together for all the vans, and I'm still waiting for that call back. Pizza Hut. Oh. <laughs> I left probably four or five messages um, back then. There, I mean, email wasn't a strong thing, but I did leave quite a few messages with like the regional um, Pizza Hut team, and to this day, maybe they, maybe they dialed the wrong number. Still waiting for the call. Has <clears throat> not come yet. I, yeah, have you ever seen? Uh, have you ever seen the Tom Green show, the Pizza Undercutter? I have not. Uh, he like I don't know exactly how he did it, but he would like follow the pizza truck. Oh, I do remember. He would like run in front of him and, and try he, to quickly sell for cheaper. Yeah, he had a tackle box full of toppings. He's like, what do you, <laughs> what do you need? What yeah. do you want? He's like, I'll sell it to you for ten dollars. <laughs> so good. Oh man. So your Northwood is is there a connection into Grand Rapids though? But like DeVos or something? I, I yeah. I don't know um, why. One of them yeah. went to school there. Um, Wendy the daughter of Dave Thomas went there. Oh, okay. No the Wendy who, yeah. you know, Wendy's. Wendy of Wendy's. Um, yeah, DeVos has DeVos graduate school, gra- uh, business school up there. They've got their name on some buildings. So one of them went to school up there. Yeah. Okay. So you and Jimmy Van Lu went to, I didn't know Jim went to, that had to be fun. That was good. That was my yeah, college roommate. Um, I did have to come back for six months and then work at DJs and go back up. Then Jimmy and I left for, Seven or eight months, took a couple trimesters off to help his brother start a celery farm in Marshall. So I lived over there for a while. That was another, I mean. What is that? What does that entail? Uh, He had moved his operation from up north, most of the equipment, and rented a farm in Marshall. So planting, and then by the time Jimmy and I got there, it was time for harvest, which was, I mean, when you woke up until you went to bed, you worked. It didn't matter what day it was because you're working. So, um it, it was good and bad. It was good for the work ethic, but also near the end, you're harvesting celery at old we'll use um, round numbers ten dollars a box, and it costs you twelve. But wow. you have to harvest yeah. it because you're otherwise you're losing all twelve. Now you're only losing two, and it, I was just, and that's where the market controls the price. If uh, California has a good year, you're having a bad, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So how can you kind of control? You know more variables when it comes to business. How The more you can control, the better, obviously. Mm. Um, but some of the farming things, if you got a really good year, you have a really, really good year. Like yep. Yeah. Both loads of cash, and then you probably chase that for the next seven years. And that's kind of, I mean, I think Steve was telling me that um, from Structures as well, that he they've had two really good years of apples, and they're putting these things inside of these egg barns to store them for a year. And with that, though, like sometimes having a great grow year 
isn't always a positive because then the whole market's just flooded and yeah. pushes price down. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces. Um, and you can do everything right, kind of like the dairy farm growing up. Everything was mm-hmm. being done right, and it's out of your control, and so the, market the market crushes you. Yeah. Yep. I don't even know what celery looks like in the ground. Like, I don't even know what a celery plant looks like. It's blue and like polka dotted, and then when you pull it, it's, it looks like normal celery mask. So how, <laughs> yeah, how big was that farm? Have you ever seen any other kind of celery? <laughs> how big was that farm? Down in Marshall? Marshall. I don't even remember that. It was... That'd be a pretty decent sized farm, though, for at least 100 acres. Okay. Came with a couple houses, and um, it was a good, I mean, again, didn't know any better, but yeah. I'm just trying to picture how I lived off like a couple hundred bucks a week. Like, how was that possible back then? That's amazing. Yeah. And then, when, how long did you know Jim then? Did you, you didn't meet him at, you met him in? I met him in third grade when I traded him uh, Bubble Bobble for Operation Wolf, Nintendo games. Who won that trade? It depends on who you ask. I mean, <laughs> well, let me test you guys. Which which game, you can only pick one game on the island for the rest of your life. You're going Bubble Bobble or you're going Operation Wolf. I don't. E- I've never I, I played either. I honestly don't even know We're either of those. We're too young. What are those? N64? No. no. What original is Nintendo. No. Yeah. And original? No. Never played it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Bubble Bobble is a simpler game. You can play it for longer. Operation Wolf is more of a shoot 'em up. It's going to be fun for a, a couple levels, and then you never get past that. <laughs> so you guys have some research to do. I forget that you guys yeah. are like seven. Yeah, I'll play. I'm sure I, there's probably an app. I'll download that. Yeah, we'll download that. So at the at the farm, I witnessed three people lose fingers in that uh, like seven month period. Oh, Jim's grandfather, Jim's dad, and uh, Joe. And when Jim's grandpa lost his, he lost a couple. Like right from the knuckles on. Sorry, this is gonna be rough. But he just turned around and said, I hope this helps my golf game. Stop. I was gonna say, grab That's the serious. gorilla glue, like we're fine. Like, That's serious. I would have been I would have been crying for sure. Yeah. Screaming. Yeah, my farming. That's a part of the deal. Jeez. I hope this helps my golf game. <laughs> what are you gonna say at that point? It's like splurt. <laughs> he had it covered up. That wasn't like gross, but I yeah. Didn't. I hope farmers just roll with the punches. Yeah. Takes his uh, shirt I off. can only count to eight now. Yeah. <laughs> what else can I say? I'd be worried if I was Jim because he had grandpa, dad, you got to be next. Yeah, like, it's probably pretty good that we got out of here. He yeah. got a hook for a hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can only count the one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Go Bulldogs, by the way. I should, I should give that shout, shout out. <laughs> Go Bulldogs. Um, but anyways, so you're graduate from Northwood. Any plan at this point in your life or? No, just kind of, I mean, it, it was seriously classified what jobs are out there. I mean, we're all four. Um, okay. So the mar- market wasn't terrible, but it wasn't near like what it has been around here, you know, the last four or five years where people are fighting for people. Yeah. Were um, you always planning on being here? Yeah. Like I could see you being like, ah, I want to push out and to move to Chicago or. I think it's part something. of growing up on a farm and kind of stuff too like you kind of have roots and uh, a good example I told my sister-in-law she had a choice between MSU or Florida and I said if you go to Florida I'll pay for all your books because there is something said about jumping into a new culture Mm. learning new things now she's got friends from all across the country with way different backgrounds and I think that's healthy yeah um, rather than just staying around the yes people that you already know Uh, so I got some really great friends who um, Mm. some great Italian friends Joe Romeo um, Della Bella up in New York that I met through Northwood, just yep. just being immersed with people that grew up completely different from West Michigan. Everyone's Dutch for the most part. Um, yeah, West, yeah. West Michigan values, the, all the, the good, values for the things. most part are yeah, yeah. great things. But, but to be more well-rounded, you need to uh, It's yeah, good to know there. that there's 
other things out there that not everyone shares those values either. Yeah. There's a there's and by that I was now. I was dating my um who would future be my wife Lindsay, so that kind of helped keep her on. She was doing her master's um, as a CPA. At Where that at? Time at Grand Valley. Okay. Yep. So that was part of it. And Dan let me work at DJ's after I graduated to kind of deep breath and find something. I did um, I did mortgages for seven or eight months, I think, in just a dirty business. Uh, I mean, that's back wow. before. That was 04 so, yeah. leading up to It was 08. the start of what happened. I mean, I watched people cut and paste. Uh, you shouldn't be cutting and pasting and photocopying oh. things, put it that way. Oh, so, you're not? <laughs> no, I never did. But there, there were guys that I worked with that went to jail for a while. Come on, I did, researched them, kept track on them, and then later on I researched. And were you them. at a lender? Or were you were you it was at a broker? Uh, okay, so that was you were like at the epicenter. It was a wild this. west of I didn't even really know what's going on. Um, that actually caused my first real estate fail, and that probably could have turned me off huh. real estate forever. All the. Um, all the lenders, uh, brokers, what do you want to call them? Whatever yep. their name was. Everyone was buying houses. And you'd, what you'd do is you'd go and you'd buy a house. Uh, you find someone who lost their job. They've got a $150,000 house. They owe sixty on it. You say, hey, look, I'll buy your house for eighty-five, mm. And then you get to stay here. Here's your new rent. You get to stay in your own house. But you cut me a check for that twenty grand at close. And you make a bunch of money up front. Then you get a rental home and... You know, I guess it can work if you get someone. If everything yeah. keeps going but up, it works. Was this like what 2006, yeah. 2007? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I graduated in 04. so, so it would have been I was only there for about it for DJs for probably six months, and then jumped in there. So yeah, you're 05 ish, right before 06. Wow. So uh, I had a deal brought to me from uh, another guy in the office. Who said, "Hey, look, here's a great deal over on Diamond, uh, Grand Rapids. You know, decent looking house. Uh, husband passed away. Wife has equity in the house." Wants to do, you know, wants to stay there, hearts in this house. And so I went in, bought it. Say at least back. It was back when they were doing these, literally, they just called DJ's Pizza and said, hey, does Nate work there? <laughs> that was underwriting back then. And they're like, yep. So that was like, all right, good. So no doc, one of those no doc yep. fees. Yeah. And then is it a ninja, no no income, no job? Yeah. It was one of those ninja loan or whatever. They, they just yeah, yeah. needed to hear a, a human voice that said Nate works somewhere. Yeah, he's alive. He's working here. Which I see why some of those programs were created back in the day for people that received tips, cash tips to help offset that, but then it just grew completely out of control. So um, I buy this house at close. She does not give me the money. She keeps it and says, it's my. I'm going to teach you a lesson. So sorry, but she gave me the first couple months rent. Um I'm like, okay, well, I still have got equity according to this appraisal, which ended up being junk anyways. Back then, this guy was using a, an appraiser that you just told him what, you know. Yeah, what the price need to be. I'm guessing it's going to come back at 139.9. Yeah. Oh, weird. Um, so I ended up buying it. Uh, she stops paying rent after three, four, five months. And I'm like, uh, okay. So I just kind of floated it. She paid me a little bit every now and again. But then the two-year arm hit. And my new rate's going to be... Well, you know, uh, go from 700 to 1400, for example. I mean, it was a big wow. Job. Yeah. So I went to my buddy's dad, who is a was a mortgage broker, and said, Hey, look, I got to refinance. Now, I was at foremost at this point, which we can talk about. Um, I need to refinance this house. Uh, and he goes, Dude, I, I, don't, I don't, don't know how to do this. She's still in the title. They never took her off the title when I bought it. So her and I own this house together. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Crown Title, who she ended up going to prison. Um, out of Greenville was the title company at the time, and they it was all set up. Um, the mortgage broker, who 
brought the deal to me was secretly her boyfriend, and it was a giant sham. So I talked to an attorney, and he's like, okay. You you know, yeah, what, what can you do at that point? I could have tried to fight it and fight yeah. the title company, and he's like, this appraisal's inflated. It's not worth this. So you can spend five grand just to get me to, to get more than five grand. Yeah. He's like, dude, give him the keys. Just, yeah, move on. So I called the mortgage company. I'm like, here, I'm going to mail you the keys. This house is yours. And took the ding on the credit for seven yeah. years. But I think that, I mean, it's kind of an embarrassing story to tell, but being young, getting Kicked is not a bad thing. Yeah. And I got kicked pretty good, even though it was fraud. You, yeah, it's a learning experience. When you were going into that, I mean, obviously it's a lot of new things. I mean, did you did you feel it all that like something's weird about this? Or were you like, I trust this person, like this has to be a good deal? Or what was uh there's just so many fast deals going on and it's one of those things like you don't want to be left out. Like yeah. everybody else is doing it. Yeah. I ran into a couple other brokers who had did the same thing and got burned the same way I did. There's a couple people That's in the gross. row on the yeah. inside, um, so they just took advantage of our you know young credit. Well, we had credit, and yeah. So so part of me too, like when I like when you hear like the OA breakdown, and they're like, oh, you know, they like it was all the lenders' fault, and people didn't know. I think there there are cases out there for that, but I think I mean most of it was driven by people that did know and were literally taking advantage of the greed portion of it to like, hey, I'm going to pull out 120% of the debt on this house mm-hmm. or the value of this house on debt and and things like that as opposed to like somebody not completely knowing. Like that's my was my mindset. Then I hear something like this and I'm like, maybe well, it was a lot worse than I thought. The underwriter for the lender was in the next office over. So you brought your file Jeez. to him. Same office. He reviewed I don't know if they're making corrections or whatever it was, but, you know, hey, here's your steps, take it back. Um, I mean, Countrywide was across the street, so people just dropped stuff off. And, I mean, all the companies that I remember, you know, having the reps come in, they're all gone. You know, we wiped all of them out. So I kind of got a weird, uh, I still had a taste for real estate. I love the idea of making a couple dollars off not working, residual income. I mean, the opposite of what contracting is. Contracting, you're constantly fighting for the next job. Real estate is a, oh my, there's a check here again. Might have to work this month, you know, on the property, maybe not. But it still, still intrigued me. I didn't give up. But it was a good learning lesson to surround yourself with people you trust. And um, I don't know, take a second look at things. And, yeah. But also just treat people right. I'm like, how, I'm looking at those, the people on the other side of the table that did this to me. And I'm like, how do you, how do you like, how do you sleep fun? at night? Like, how do you, like, at the end of the day, go have a beer with your friends and be like, oh, yeah, just screwed over a couple more people. That's like, gross. How was yeah. that in Absolutely how gross. ingrained in you? Yeah. yeah. They're out there. What's well, that? What was your, not, and hopefully we'll come back if it puts us too far forward, but like, how, what was your next deal that you were willing to then jump in? And like, how nervous were you about it? How gun shy were you on it? Uh, so the next, let me think. So that would have been our first 14 unit complex that my father, my brother Eric and I did, but we knew the land from uh, the story for the vacant land made sense. He went to church with my brother Eric, knew the family, so it was a very cautious, safe yep. play going in. Yeah, um, and that was many years later. I mean, to get the credit fixed and everything else, but that was kind of a um, that led me to go to foremost, which ended up being a great, great transition as we talk about the DHE um, creation. Um, I love working at Foremost. Good people. I was climbing the, the corporate ladder. Yep. But I learned a lot about corporate structure that just I despised. 
meetings upon meetings upon meetings. And I've held one meeting at my office this year. Um, I like to go talk to staff personally. I don't, I don't, we don't have a standing Monday morning meeting. Who does that? Who yeah. hates their employees that much? They're like, Monday morning, <laughs> yeah, none of you want to be here. So yeah. first thing we do is let's all stare at each other for a while. Yeah. First thing, and let's see who's late Monday morning. And I just got away from that. I got away from start times and titles. And I, I just never saw the value because there were people that showed up five minutes early all the time in this corporate world and were god awful at what they did. Yeah. Stay five minutes late. Yeah. What if I close, you know, 20 claims in four hours and this person closes 10 and eight. Yeah. Why, why can't I go home? So yeah. um, I was like a task free gesture. So I did Katrina. I did Rita uh, flew around the country and after hurricanes, it was mobile homes. So it wasn't the hardest job because you'd be like, Hey, that's where your house was. It's not there anymore. Here's yeah. a check. Here's a couple pictures. And, um, take off, but that allowed me the flexibility because it was it, it was a salary position, but it was also um, based on performance. I was in the top, I was gonna say, top of my group. Yeah. So yeah. you're in the top couple of your group. You're doing well. Your boss is worried about training new people and go do your own thing. I was and I was going to be shocked if there. there wasn't some incentive for you in some way because there were just there were some some, you are. some steps, some perks, um, some awards that would come along with it. But it was, definitely was not a commission job. It was. Um, it was good. I learned more about construction because I needed to know, you know, mm-hmm. yep. research, yep. contracting, billing, and estimates, and new exactly and some of the software that's out there today. Um, so that did help with the, the DHE and the um, stuff going forward. It's pretty exciting when a popular business moves to a new location, especially when they come to your city. All Seasons Living has moved from Wyoming and is now in their new showroom in Hudsonville. Even better, it's twice the size. Check out LiveAllSeasons.com, a wide selection of premium outdoor furniture featuring everything from tables, chairs, and sofas to umbrellas, rugs, fire pits, pillows, and more. All Seasons Living is now in Hudsonville. Visit LiveAllSeasons.com. Were you burnt out on the, like, going from the wolf of the this world of, like, Wolf of Wall Street-esque loan brokers and all this greed? Were you kind of turned off at all on sales and commissions and that world? Even real estate in general? Maybe I was sour to it for a little bit. I mean, foremost is more of a, a structured everyday job, like show up nine to, my, I set my hours at nine to six, which I'll explain for the DHE thing here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, to get away from the commission thing for a while, it was good for me to not just yeah. jump into another commission-based trusting people right away. Just, hey, let's go to work. Let's make some money. Let's work on, um, you know, saving up for that starter house and, and go from there. It, it was a good pause. Sure. Mm-hmm. And how long how long were you at Foremost? I want to say about two years. Um, so you got to be like, oh, six, oh, seven? Yeah, that's probably about right. End of oh, five. Until I think I finally quit and went full time at DHE just before 08. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that's where you want to jump into the DHE? Yeah, thing? Please. yeah. yeah. Okay. jump into DHE. Yeah. So DHE started with um, my dad and my brother. It wasn't even called DHE at that point. At this time, my father was working at Alley Mechanical, my brother Eric, the same. No, excuse me. My brother Eric was working at um, RB Mechanical. Um, he was a welder in the field. My father was a foreman at that time. And they started doing some moonlighting stuff, um, houses for somebody from church, uh, you know, a church uh, bathroom renovation. Uh, they were doing a mixed-use building out in Allendale. So, you know, get done, you know, plumbing and pipe fitting at 3 o'clock. And at 3.30, you start again doing it for yourself. Uh, we all have that entrepreneurial spirit in the high war family. So I think 
subliminally they were, you know, they knew that they were going to go do something different eventually. Yeah. Um, but that got to the point where they came and said, Nate, we got a problem here. Like they want insurance. They say we got to have insurance. They're not going to pay us. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, I got you. I got a couple connections. Let's you know, let's figure this out. So we got that figured out, and a couple more you know jobs later, they say we need a tax ID number. <laughs> like you know, where do you? Who do I call? I'm like, hey, man, yeah. how do we get a tax ID number? So I did that, uh, and eventually, I, I think the LLC was informally formed sometime in, in 05. ish So there's some there's some weird overlap there. I'm trying to think of foremost in DHE, and I'll kind of explain that. Um, so they kind of said, Hey, Nate, you can do the business stuff. We can plumb, you know, sell, you can sell, you know, we want to just get dirty. We know what we're doing out there, but behind the scenes, we need someone to take care of these things. You're not good at things they don't care about. Yep. Um, yep. Good at them now, but back then we, you know, again, I still have the hooves at this time. Still do that. <laughs> yep. I'm building anything, but I can make the connections and you know, put out some of these fires so they can just go back to making money. If they're not at the time turning wrenches, there's no money coming in. You're busy. You know, you're, you're working in the business, not on the business, and they need a little bit of help there. So we officially became, the three of us became business owners um, somewhere along that line. But I was moving the ladder. I was a senior adjuster at that time. So financially, you know, made sense in my first house at this point. Um, you know, I'm not just going to quit. And uh, there, there's no money to pay me. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. yeah. We're working yeah. out of my brother's, uh, my brother Eric's house and garage at that time. Um, so... Uh, my nine to six schedule helped because I could invite a deliver a trailer in the morning or something. Uh, I could come back after. Didn't have any kids yet, so we had plenty of time. My wife was in public accounting, so her hours, especially in the spring, were ungodly long. So yeah, plenty oh, yeah. free time to help work on this, and it was also just enjoyable for us. You know, my father and my brother Eric just sit down and talk business and. You know, I remember. I still remember getting our first order of shirts with the logo on it, like that kind of cool stuff. You know, stays with you forever. Yeah. So we're hemming and hawing, working on that. Um, Land a, a couple decent, uh, like a little vet clinic addition. So what I would do is when I'm at Foremost, which is out in Caledonia, um, I, I'd go to the office at the HE if I had to in the morning. Um, but then I'd go and on my lunch breaks, I'd take lunch at 11. And I would take off my formal shirt, put a DHE shirt, and I would go into the local general contractors, uh, went to Wolverine's office, Rockford, Vander Cody, anybody that was kind of within reach there. And back then, you know, the 050607, you still, to bid something, you walked out with a big, you know, print under your arm and a set of bid mm-hmm. documents. Uh, Builders Exchange and a couple other digital companies were just kind of coming yep. out at that point. So, you know, my job was to scare up some prints. And there wasn't a ton of work back then, especially for somebody new, but um, it kind of showed me some things that were... I don't want to say wrong in the industry, but things that just hadn't evolved yet. Sure. Um, but anyways, did the hustle on lunches. Uh, finally landed a, a great job with ICCF through Vander Cody for um, Newberry Place, which is a co-housing over in Grand Rapids. And I think our contract was 160 grand, maybe. And wow. Those guys took a chance on us. Yeah. I'm guessing we were dirt low. Is that your first yeah, no six-figure? Is that, that your first, first six-figure where like you get the contract, yeah. you work so hard, then you're like, Okay, what did we I do? made it? We made it. Yeah, what do we do here? Uh, and how many guys do you have at that point? Um, my father had quit, and then we had two or three kind of laid off guys. You know, the ten ninety nine guys yep. that bounced yep. around. I think we had one full time guy, Jared, um, at that point. But the economy for plumbing by the time we get to the Newberry level, which is the 07, 08, it was junk. I mean, yeah. was, the economy obviously, as you know, was terrible. Um, but that helped us. And I'll explain a little bit about that. Um, but that's kind of how we 
got the sales start. And what would happen is email really helped us a ton, not on day one, but what I noticed was communication was terrible in the construction industry back then. This is what would happen. Uh, we'll say Bill owns a plumbing company. Bob is a general contractor. Uh, Bob calls Bill in the morning. Bill is off uh, getting the crew started, getting a cup of coffee, something. Leaves a message for Bill. Bill comes back at lunch, checks his messages, and then calls Bob back. Bob's at a walkthrough for something else. Bob calls Bill back at 3 o'clock, and nothing got done that whole day. Oh. Uh, communication was just terrible. I remember guys saying, you can email me, but I respond to emails on Saturdays. Can you imagine that? Yeah. You can email me. I check those Saturday yeah. mornings. What, what, what do you mean? Yeah. So uh, one of our sales pitches was we'll answer email within 30 minutes. Oh. So I had two screens at Foremost, a DHE screen and a Foremost screen. So I'm working at Foremost all day long. Um, and then if a DHE email came in on my breaks, I'd call Eric and, uh, you know, hey, can we bid on this? Hey, what are these toilets showing up? Whatever this might be. And we'll email back. This was back in the DHE plumbing at Gmail. I mean, imagine yeah. how, like, how much more business gets done because of email. Like, how much I don't know, the economic multiplier of that would be, like, applied to society just because of email. And yeah. email has helped every industry except for commercial real estate. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about my grievances when we get to the real estate world. Okay. okay. Um, uh, so, Email thing helps get some traction. It doesn't help on day one because you still had the bobs and the bills that weren't doing email. They're doing email on Saturday mornings. Well, once next generation hit, because we're only, you know, DHE started, we're in our young 20s. Eric is probably 23, which puts me at 20, almost 25. So we're still young. Um, but once the bills and the bobs are retiring and the guys our age, so the late 20s started getting promoted, they weren't putting up with the, you know, I left you, oh, you left me a voicemail yeah. on Tuesday. What do you need? It's Thursday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. We're done and gone. Like the opportunity I was going to give you is past. Mm-hmm. And that's where we were able to step in with a little bit of um, fresh new look at communication. And I mean, there's still a ton of hustle. They were still finding the right people. Um, but I would go around and every plumber was looking for a job back then. So I would go to the company, we'll call ABC Plumbing. And they had 20 employees, but only four were working, 16 were laid off. Instead of going after the 16, I would hire the four that were working because I knew they were the best ones. Yeah. So I kind of went around and you know, kind of like uh, you know, the A team, you go around, you pick a couple great guys who are good at different things from all around the area, and then word of mouth. After that, you treat people right, you give them good benefits. Um, we never really, again, we don't have titles or anything. There, there is awesome. I got great memories of you know back when one of the plumbers needed a truck for the day, and then he would stop at the shop, drop off his old Buick, and he'd take my truck for the day. I'd ride around his old Buick all day long, you know. Doing uh, go to the post office or getting the mail or running DHE errands that had to be run and just that's what was normal. Yeah. Are you guys growing? Like, are you hiring and growing faster? Like, are you ahead of what you needed as far as work? Like, are you are you pushing that hard where you're like, I'm going to hire these four guys because I know we're going to need them in six months, but not today? Or are you would you say it's more was more of a conservative growth? I don't know if those are the right words. Where it's like yeah. hiring per job type thing. And yeah, in construction, it's it's feast or famine. Um, sometimes you get the job, and then you go and try to hire the people. We're blessed to not really have to do that anymore. But back then, it, sometimes it was that you get the bid, and they finally go through and contracts in hand. Like, okay, now this is real. Well, let's go. It um, goes back to that hundred. You said a hundred and sixty thousand dollar check, and like I can, I'm imagining you and Eric getting the check. You know, generally what your margins are on a job, and you're like. 
this is you're like cashing that portion in your head and then you're like oh like we have to hire two people and get this equipment piece of equipment or rent this for this specific type of job yeah, yeah. It, but it's still fun i mean that's it had to be a blast that's the hustle i mean that, it had to be a blast to get that check that sounds like the worst ever to constantly be juggling and i mean eric and i didn't take paychecks for paychecks for you know five or six months there just wasn't any money to pay us and then eventually we, you know name got out there um you know it wasn't anymore who are these guys but more let's give them a chance and then um shout out to brent gibson uh construction simplified he was at a local general contractor back then we bid on our biggest job at the time 300 maybe it was a little bit more than that, four or five hundred thousand for the new fox kia hyundai dealership over on 28th and east paris uh, yep. Ground mm-hmm. up. You're on the you're on the northeast corner there, kind yep. of. Yeah. Um, and Brent didn't have to give us a chance. And some people in his office said, "Who are these nobodies?" <laughs> and Brent said, "I like these young cats. Give them a shot." Uh, they answer. Yeah. They're responsive. They jump on it. They want it. He, they're no, excited about it. Yeah, we, had no, we had no resume to justify why we need this job outside of give us a chance. We're going to do right yeah. by you. You know, we we have the capabilities whether we did or didn't. You know, <laughs> and, we just, you got to sell. And you yeah. guys are about the same age. So that. Uh, what you talked about earlier where it's like that rollover of the new generation. Yeah. Right? Prince, he's about your age, right? About the same? Within a year or two, yeah. yeah. We're close. Yeah. So, so I think that Brent too. wanted to kind of show, you know, hey, I've, I've got some power now too and I'm, this is my team I'm putting together and you guys might not like this, but give me a shot. Let me, I like these young young guys and it worked out well. Huh. And the cool thing is sidebar, when Brent went on his own to Construction Simplified, we gave him his first job ever. Um, we'll return the favor at Riverstone Town. No Hall. kidding. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So it went full circle. So, so to rewind to, at what point did you step away from foremost? So when we got the Fox Kia Hyundai, that was enough where okay. we had, I went to my boss and I said, um, you know, can we look at this website, DHE Plumbing? She's like, yeah, what am I looking at here? I'm like, I, I own this company. Um, I, I need to quit. She's like, are you, do you think that's a good idea? Like, <laughs> just start a company right now? I'm like, yeah, I kind of started a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> I've got six full-time employees. <laughs> they're at Uccello's around the corner waiting for me yeah, you know, to come celebrate, celebrate this. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, mm, yeah, oh, okay. Good luck. Yeah, go go get them, Tiger. But that, that speaks to you, too, and your, like, your personality, where it's like she has no clue on that, and I'm sure you were producing every bit that you were supposed to produce and more there, where you're rising in that the ranks of that corporate world, if you will, and it, it's, it's pretty cool. It's fun. It's it's a hustle, but it's fun. My buddy Andy Jose worked with me at Foremost, so our lunch breaks were DHE. He'd go with me to sales calls, <laughs> wait in the van. We'd hit Pizza Hut real quick, buffet on the way back. Wish I could still do that not anymore. <laughs> Sounds delicious. <laughs> um, I'm surprised you still stuck with Pizza Hut after they had disowned you about up in Midland. That's true. I, I he helped, was still yeah, going there Rod. to pitch. He was helping the manager that listened. Trying to talk to the manager. Like running a Carl Hutt, one of the owners or something. I don't know. Um, uh, so from there, uh, again, tried to eventually got some bonding. You know, bonding is one of those things where they only give it to people that don't need it. We'll, um, we'll explain it because I had this where we did the whole podcast with Howie's hockey tape, and then somebody was like, "What do you even use hockey tape for?" Like, so we didn't. So what? What is bonding? So bonding is an insurance policy that you mainly use for government entities, uh, a school, a library, something that's tax dollar backed. They'd rather pay me for an insurance policy on top of my bid that says that if I go out of business, this insurance policy will 
finish the project at no additional cost to the taxpayer. Okay. So it kicks in, the insurance policy pays out, they find a new sub to finish the job. Exactly. Okay. At no additional cost to the taxpayer. They just they're worried about a snowball effect of, I don't know, something goes terribly wrong and three or four contractors go to business and now, you know, general contractors come back to um, the school board and say, we need another, you know, one and a half million dollars. It's just it might even be a law. It might be a law that if you're using school funds you have to have a bond. Yeah. Um but that is the, the the main purpose. But they just don't give that to a six plumbering, you know, it's been around for a couple of years. It's working at that point, we're working out of an old grain mill for four hundred bucks a month. Is it um, based on getting bonded? It's based on finding a third party insurance vendor that's willing to take you on. So they're looking at tax returns and cash and accounts or that's part of it. I mean, it's know. definitely a financial investigation because again, they they're perfect world. If you're an, if you're an agent trying to sell and you've got only so much time, you're going to go try to sell to the big guys in town that already are established, rather than you know turn over rocks and try to find a lowly DHE somewhere that mm-hmm. um, needs to go through. But that's also sales. I mean, financials are there, but now I need to sell myself to this underwriter, sell myself that you know we've done these size jobs. Um, my uh, brother Eric, and my father have experience in these school jobs. The guy we hired uh, has done this exact same project when he worked as old boss. It's old company, um, so you're still selling yourself. Everything you're doing, whether it's banking or insurance, or I mean, if I'm looking for a bank or insurance, there's still sales from your side of things. There has to be. And what what point? And just so we talked about this last time, but I I thought it was really interesting. Is like, at what point did you guys decide like we're commercial only for DHE? Yeah, that's an identity thing that we learned the hard way. Again, another great lesson. And I've used that now if I ask someone, uh, someone says, hey, I sell insurance. I'm like, cool. What kind of, what do you specialize in? And they go, oh, I do it all. That's yeah. no one I'm ever going to use. I just, you cannot do it all. Figure out what you're good at. We tried, I mean, our old logo said uh, commercial, residential, industrial underneath it. I got rid of all that stuff when we rebranded. Um, but we're taking whatever we could back then too. So we're doing houses for some great builders, but commercial and residential schedules are different. There's sets of plans, there's procedures where in residential, if you're set up for it, I got some great uh, friends in the industry that own residential plumbing companies. They do financially fantastic. Their employees are well taken care of, but it's a different world. Uh, a builder will expect you to just quick swing on by and your way back home and you know move something for free, which it's not really free if you're baking it into your costs originally, sure. which is what you should do. Mm-hmm. Sure. But in the commercial world, if you want something moved, something changed, you get paid for it. It's a change mm-hmm. order, there's a process, yep. there's paperwork. And so you're trying to send crews to do a house and then have them go do a school. The pay doesn't match, the process doesn't match. Um, so eventually we had to decide, you know, we got rid of doing any new builders and then got rid of residential service um, and just had to stick with commercial. Now, if you see the DHE vehicles on um, the road or you see our signs, it just says DHE. There's no, it doesn't say plumbing and mechanical. Do you say plumbing and mechanical when you when you talk about DHE? Is it no. DHE plumbing and mechanical? It's just DHE. Just DHE. If you it's, know what we do, that's awesome. Um, but we were getting too many calls about, you know, the weekend, the furnace going out and then yeah. we go out and fix the residential furnace. And then I get called on Monday when they get the bill and I'm told I'm going to hell. How dare you charge me $110? I'm like, Bertha, you were calling. You said you were going to die. Yeah. You told me you were going to yeah. die if your air conditioning wasn't fixed this Saturday afternoon because yeah. you had a tea party. And now Monday I'm going to hell because I charge $110 an hour, which is now extremely cheap. Yeah. Um, so it was just a mixture of that, chasing money. Um, but then some people in the residential world, I've asked them before, I'm like, why don't you do commercial? And they're like, I cannot 
go to bed at night knowing someone owes me a million dollars and it's going to be 90 days till I get paid. Like I, I need mm-hmm. that check in hand every two weeks for my builders. Um, it can be, and, it, and it can be long. 90 is probably like, you're probably like good with that where like it can, it can be a lot longer than that. A lot. And you got retainage in the commercial world. Yep. So they're holding 10% of your, uh, yep. on a lot of the projects, as long as you're set up for it and you're, I mean, you're the bank. In a lot of situations, you're helping finance. You're one of the financiers of this project. Yep. Especially a school or something, you're going to get paid. There's no worry about is the money coming in. But you've got school boards to sign off. Architects got to double check. Uh, general contractor has to get to it. It takes one person in that whole stream to be on vacation or calling sick, and everything gets bumped back. You know, another week. And yep. and you can feel good on the on that bonded governmental work, but in the private sector, it's it's paid when paid. So if the GC doesn't get paid, or if he gets, if for whatever reason the developer, or the owner doesn't pay or doesn't make it, I mean, you guys trickles down. It trickles yep. down. Paid so you paid. really need to, you know, investigate who your clients are. We've got a lot of blacklisted general contractors, blacklisted companies that either don't pay on time, uh, don't treat our people right, think they, they can just kick, scream, punch, and it's like there's not enough plumbers in this world, man. You need us way more than we need you. Yep. Have fun. Go find someone else. We're going to keep, you know, we have stuff to do. And how far do you guys travel or do jobs from from a DHE perspective then? Uh, as a family-focused company, uh, we try to stay within 60 miles of our shop in Granville. We do have our own shop in Kalamazoo. Um, so that's kind of our main base. We've traveled, done some work in Detroit. The only other traveling we do, which is worldwide, is for custom aquariums and zoo work. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done a lot of work at Turtleback Zoo in New Jersey, um, the Atlanta Aquarium. The farthest we've gone is Dubai. Uh, we did a mangrove exhibit in a palace there. Um, we've done some sea turtle rescue facilities in Florida. We just got back from a coral rescue in Florida, emergency Florida project with wow. uh, the water temps started shooting up, killing all the corals. So they quick harvested a whole bunch of it and made this new facility that we quick went down and piped. Um, to help try to save it so they can re—I don't know if you replant coral. I don't know what you do with that exactly. Is it—is that a specific team there. that's doing that? Like a like is that a specific crew, a specialized set that? Uh, we don't force anybody to travel. We've got a lot of people that raise their hands either a couple of reasons. One, they just want to see the world on somebody else's dime, which cool. Yeah. But even like the the actual part of like the aquariums and so is that like a specialized plumbing skill that you guys have, or is it just no? It's how, just how people that, don't realize it's plumbing. I mean, the stuff we did uh, most of the Cabela's on the east side, the newer ones in the last ten years um, on the east side of the Mississippi, and all those aquariums and waterfalls. That's plumbing underneath. That's non potable water plumbing, so you don't need a license. But it is plastic pipes and reading diagrams. It's the same thing. So when I try to talk to high schools or other um, you know new hires about you know, plumbing isn't just gross unclogging grandma's toilet. We you know here's a picture of this aquarium and this custom house we did in Texas. Cool. Yeah, um, that these people spent two weeks working for this rock star building this really cool deal. So it's it's a sales sales pitch too when I'm speaking to you know seniors at high school career day and stuff like that. Are you under you're probably under NDA to say who that rock star is? Or they no? never told me. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What about Dubai? Do you know? Um, I could probably, I remember what the palace was called. It was some long name. It was already seven years under construction and they expect another seven to go. Jeez. I'd have to look back through my notes. It's I did just have the palace. Did you, did you, oh did you travel kids. out there? Oh, no way, man. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty blonde hair and boy over there. Not coming back. Getting kidnapped on day one, I think. At least still have within the, the first palace. week. Within the first week, I'm napping. That, that was one thing that your brother asked me to ask you is, how dare you? 
How dare you what? How dare you have blonde hair as a grown adult? It's really weird. My father had it until he was 18, then it went dark, and we all just figured mine would too. <laughs> freak show to this day, 42 and three quarter. We're still rocking the blonde. He can't swim, but he's got blonde hair. I've had people come up and run their hands through my hair at restaurants and uh, had like hairstylists come up and be like, this is really good work. I'm like, that's real. That's <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Who does your work? I'm like, oh, God. That's who did my work yep. on this. We're following. Um, we're gonna follow him and keep tabs. Make sure that he's not stopping like salon. Yeah, you can all look close if you like. Call it looks real. He's clean. He's clean. He's clean. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna um, swab after. I don't so, know. If that's no, how I did not go to Dubai, and my big burly plumber, uh, all tatted up, who went down there, came back, and said never again. I will not go. There. Really yeah. interesting. So a lot of guys volunteer to go see stuff like that, yeah. or they really hate their wives. <laughs> and they're like, hey, bro, we got like a two-week vacation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she's going to get the credit card bill in like a week. Like, what do you got? Like, out of state. <laughs> My bags are packed. Just heads up. Yeah. That's so good. So, yeah. and then, so you're doing, at this point, you've decided, I can't remember what year you said for commercial only. I, yeah, I don't Was remember. that pretty early on? No. Well, we knew that that was going to be our final stop. That's okay. what um, my father and brother knew. Mm-hmm. So let's get into that. They did a lot of work at Pfizer and some of the big industrial stuff. So yep. um, they knew, they enjoyed that process more. And I think, see, they're just different markets. It's not like it's a residential, it's a stepping stone, but there's a lot of residential plumbers that get burnt out and want to do commercial because you're not seeing the same thing every day. You know, yeah, sure. Yeah. Housing. Um, so I just think out of knowledge and comfort level, we wanted to get there, but we took whatever we could do, a drinking fountain at a park, uh, you know, church cafeteria remodel, uh, friend's basement, bathroom ad. Well, I mean, whatever you could to pay the yeah. bills, it made sense. But eventually you realize that you're burning your guys out that want to do commercial by putting residential in. Yeah. got to figure out your identity. So, And you said now down in Kalamazoo, you do a lot of like Western Michigan. Or Western well, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Doing the McCallie Hotel downtown Battle Creek, which is like a 17-story remodel. Um, doing the ice rink. We've done a lot of portage schools, a lot of, a lot of the Kalamazoo area schools, KVCC work. Um, and that was kind of back in the 08, 09 days where you had to travel to find work. Yeah. We were going to Centerville. We were yep. going uh, Crystal <laughs> Falls in the UP, wherever we could find work and you know create relationships. But then when the economy gets better around Grand Rapids, and we're like, hey, let's keep our guys close. Kalamazoo's like, hey, guys, hey, remember us? Like, where are you going? Yeah. Like, stay here. And then- so we've got a, a Dustin and a great group of guys over in the Kalamazoo area that um, make us look good and they enjoyed our values being part of the team. And that goes back to the, like when you when you were talking to um, your employer, the insurance company, I'm sorry. Yeah, foremost, Form- yeah. foremost. When you're at Foremost and you're telling her that you're leaving and she's like, right now in this economy? Yeah. But like how much of that actually, looking back, how much of that was actually a benefit because your overhead's super low, you guys are starting, you're finding a way to grow inside of that economy and then coming out of that I'm assuming it was just like between yeah everything's about timing and about even some luck so mm-hmm. call it time and call it luck with the with the internet and email change in the industry we were mm-hmm. at the forefront of that and we still try to stay forefront of you know iPads and up to date drawings and yep. we just did a job for T um, I think it was a furniture store yep and he was like oh like your guys have the most upset drawings like at all times I'm like yes that is standard mm-hmm. on their iPad understand how to use them you're never building something with outdated drawings. Um, but going back to answer your question, yeah, low overhead, 400 bucks a month at a grain mill, um, weird hours, doing what it took. 
I mean, all of us were wearing a zillion different hats. I mean, I've done every single job there is at DHE at some point, payroll estimation, grunt, digging holes. To, we've all done it all to get to where we are now, which is a good thing. Yeah. And, and I'm bouncing all over the place too. Um, with the tech, you were telling us about a, the robot that you guys just use for a job too. Uh, dusty, yeah. They're, they're, with the lack of skilled labor, I mean, electronics, the economy and the industry and humankind will find a way. So yep. now they have robots like Dusty that will mark an entire floor of a facility um, in both English and Spanish. That way, the plumbers aren't trying to go find that foreman because they know that they know that in this hallway, for example, that the pipe size is going to change from two inch to two and a half inch. They know it's here somewhere, but oh my gosh, I don't quite dare, you know, decide this on my own. Let me go find, you know, the the foreman. You know, the foreman's on another floor. Foreman's at a meeting, off to lunch. Who knows? Fly house. So, how much time do you just lose there? Where mm-hmm. you're now dusty, drawing it out on the floor. All you do is look down. Boom. Oh, it's right here. I got one more foot. Now I switch to that new size. And how much time do you just save? How many more? Plumbers can you have under a supervisor, under a foreman, once you move to that step. So, and I've, I've seen huh. even like down to it's not super complex, but just like QR codes for all the plans, so that when you scan that QR code for the electrical plan, the mechanical plan, it always brings you to that most updated onto your iPad, that updated plan for the whole job site. Oh, for sure. Little uh, things. In like the old that. days, it was constantly checking your set of plans in. You know, talking on the job what site, all of a sudden, someone's building this. Yeah, flipping you're through always the checking pages. the day. This one's building off a, a week old set of plans. You're like, hey, stop, change. I mean, rework is the killer in construction. That rework kills your your margins. The less, mm-hmm. the lowest one rework you can do, the better. How many people did you have at the time that you quit? Foremost, I think it were between six and seven and eight. A couple part timers still, um, some like semi retired guys that you know wanted to put in twenty hours a week. Um, but yeah, when it was six or seven when I told her, hey, you know, it's it's time to be done. And then you're at Caledonia Uccellos. Is that where you want to The, right the group was waiting for me, yeah. The, the so employees fun. and everything else. So. Oh my gosh. That's probably a good yeah. good thought memory. Because I think that was the first year we had a DG Christmas party, and I think we had eight of us there. Eight or nine. They probably look a little bit different today. Only one is gone. The rest are still with us. No wow. kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, we've got, that's where like when we did the handbook, uh, we always said, oh my gosh, we can never give out more than two weeks of vacation because someone has three weeks in the middle of summer, they're just going to take three weeks off and, it, you know, the whole company's going to shut down. Like, how do we do this? And then you realize, you know, as long as you're working with people in the industry, they know they can't do that. Don't mess with them on hunting season. Come November 15, get out of your way. It's a ghost town. But they know they can't take off three weeks in the summer. And now we can give, you know, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it might be, because people get the big picture. But it's those kind of learning curves that we didn't know. Um, yeah. yeah. But also get rid of some learning curves. I got no no issues saying that I called and asked a lot of questions. Um, my uncles and other people that have done this before, you know, hey, what would you do different if you could start over? Yeah. And one of the big things was company trucks. Don't do company trucks. People <laughs> abuse them. They don't tell you that they need brakes until the rotors and everything else are shot. Um, who gets one? Someone's always got a better truck than someone else. Sure. Yeah. So to this day, we still do vehicle allowances for all of our foremen with yep. gas cards. Um, if you're in service or in the office for meetings or uh, on the quick hitter team, you'd get a company truck because you're just moving day to day. Sure. Yeah. But if you're on a you know a two year long school project, I don't need to have ten DHE vehicles parked. Yeah. That's just overhead. That's insurance. That's who's getting a DUI. Uh, who's getting a speeding ticket? Oh, we get tons of calls still. 
somebody cut me off. Somebody cut me yeah. off. I'm like, oh, who was it? <laughs> uh, black truck. I'm like, okay, I got 40 of those. Um, <laughs> Uh, was it on 96? Yeah, I was on 96. I'm like, oh, that's Carl. You're I'm like, gonna, I'm gonna, shoot, yeah. that was me. <laughs> Carl! I'm like, ah, oh, Carl, I'm going to let him go. And she's like, oh, you don't got to let him go. I'm like, no, that's it. Carl's gone. This is last Carl's done. Don't Thank ever call you. again. Thank you for letting me know. Yep. You know have, have a good day. Yeah. To this day, she thinks Carl's uh, And If you're listening, ma'am, there is no Carl. So it's, it's not real. I also like, too, how you talked about on the first podcast, your ability to say, okay, you can make what, the mistake you want to make from it but learn from it yeah. and also be able to like make decisions for yourself like if the foreman's not there and you think it, that that's the right i don't know if i want to oh we got to be careful how to answer that but uh very very close to what you just said we've had a lot of foremen that we would hire from other companies and they'd come over and be like hey yeah. how do, can you tell me exactly from day one to day 20 how you want me to do all this and it's like dude you've been doing this for 20 years yeah. how would you do it right oh i i, I guess i would just so gun shy I guess yeah. I, would, I would try this and do this. And you're like, how bad were you beaten with a wrench by your, you know, this industry to think, dude, you're a smart guy with 15 yep. years experience that go do what you would do. Understand, take pride in this project, understand the spec book under, you know, live and breathe and eat this job while it's yours. And if you make a mistake, man, just learn from it. Yep. Make a mistake 10 times, we're going to yell at you. But until then, I mean, it should be a learning experience for us too. Maybe there's something we're looking at and we look at it this way and we want to hear about your way because maybe there's a blend of both. Sure. Maybe I'm yep. right. Maybe you're right. But and let's it, talk it out instead of, all right, you need this 90 here and run it from here to here and here. And like, you're not a foreman at that point. You're just an employee that has a title. And mm -hmm. I, I think the important part of that and probably saves a lot of it is like take pride in what you're doing because if it's a mistake out of like, if it's a mistake, a truly a mistake, and it's not a lack of like care, it's probably a little bit easier, more palatable. It might not be a mistake. It might just be they, they used more pipe running it from you know point A to point B instead of, did you think about coring through this wall and then running through? Okay. I mean, we didn't lose there. We just didn't win as much. But um, mm -hmm. our guys taking pride in their sure. work, it's a huge thing. Do so, we really need to make an extra penetration in a roof or something even to like... Well, the amount of time and money it would cost me to send uh, someone from the office out every time someone had a question, you're, you're losing. Sure. So maybe yeah. you saved 10 feet of pipe by having a more experienced guy come and show you, but how much time did I just lose financially in that person? I'm still farther behind. They just yep. have to learn. Did, did you feel like a real company yet? I mean, when you quit foremost, I mean, did you feel like a real company yet? Or did it feel still... Once we got like credit cards, DHE on them, and got those first batches of shirts, then it started to feel like something. But um, I don't know if you ever get that weird feeling where, like, all right, we've made it. We're here. And there's always a goal. There's always a way to be better. There's changes you can make. Um, and maybe that's the that's how some businesses grow to the point you know where we're at, where it's just you're satisfied, but not like satisfied enough where okay, we're there, we're done. And there's a ton of companies that get to that point and just idle, and that's a-okay. Sure. Um, I talked to some plumbing company owners that have, you know, seven, eight guys, and they're like, what you guys do blows my mind. It sounds terrible. I love the size I'm at. And I'm like, yeah, 100%, man. I, there's things I'm jealous about what you do. Sure. Yep. Um, there's just different levels, and there's it, different ways to set it up, I guess. Yeah, he's probably able to go jump in the tree whenever he wants for, for during deer season and mm -hmm. not have to worry about it. Or less. And I think it's a control thing for a lot of people. To be able to say, you know, we can give a foreman, we've got technology, we've got email phones, we might not see. There's some employees I don't see for a whole year. Um, 
we don't start at the shop, which is the old way of doing plumbing too, is everybody comes to the shop in the morning and we get fire the trucks up. We uh, take a dump, have two cigarettes, a cup of coffee, and let's make sure we're at the job site right before break time. And sure. just nothing gets done till 10 o'clock. We're like, yeah. we're not doing that. Our time starts at six at the job site, find a way to get there. Um, and that's just a commercial way versus residential way. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, one more ADD moment. You said handbook earlier, and it reminded me of a story that you're also changed a handbook in your, was it elementary school or high school or something? <laughs> that is quite a weird parlay. <laughs> it's such a weird parlay. This is an ADD moment, but I'm like, handbook. Uh, Chinese throwing me. star was yeah, added to the list of weapons at Unity Christian High School still is. <laughs> I did not use it as a weapon, but it was right. Uh, I don't know if it's just the timing of the news or something, but I had it bought it at an army surplus store and had it on the end of my pencil. And the math teacher was like, I got to go to the office. That's a weapon. I'm like, oh, good one. <laughs> good one, man. Yeah. And so I'm in the principal's office. He's like, I don't know what to do. Like, technically, I think I'm supposed to call the cops or something. <laughs> this is an unsharpened. <laughs> I didn't even throw it yet. I said, throw it at me as hard as you can. Just whip it at me. It's not going to draw blood. Like, yeah. I do overreacting here. And I it gets, they only suspended me for like two days. And they did add it to the to the it's in the handbook yeah and I think my mom was like super disappointed not because I got suspended but because it was like such a weak suspension <laughs> yeah it's not you like flushed a firecracker and blew up the bathroom that'd be cool for this Ninja kick, yeah. she, she kick was to the angry head. at the school but yeah I think it was just right when they were diagnosing you, remember, you heard those stories about like a kid brings in brownies for his birthday treat and has a butter knife and oh my gosh the school shuts down and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I get it. There's got to be a reach, but there was an overreach time, and I, yeah. I got to stay home for two days for it. So it's still okay. a record you hold, yeah. in my opinion. I, I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's the Nate Highwater rule: no throwing stars. It's on the resume. <laughs> they call it the, the Highwater rule. Nate Highwater rule. Resume page four. <laughs> of weird things I've done. Oh yeah. goodness! Yeah, it actually was on a. It was it was on a pitch deck for Nate. Something <laughs> about it was like. All these achievements, it was like 75 million sales for DHE, <laughs> 75 million in real estate development doesn't swim well. It was, like, it was a longer list. Too. That, was, it was, that like, was a pitch deck for smi- the Smile Fund. <laughs> the smile fund yeah. yeah, I was reading the pitch deck and I'm like, yeah. of course. It was like six or seven unbelievably cool things. Doesn't, doesn't swim, swim well. <laughs> Last check mark. Ah, just get it out there. Get it over yeah. with. Uh, no, it's, but that, yeah, it's those little things that... Uh, it gives it gives it an it factor. So you remembered it. I mean, that's the whole I, point. Exactly. There's, yeah, I don't remember anybody else can't swim. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it even helps me remember the the other numbers even too because I I don't even I think I got those right, didn't I? Yeah, you're right. We'll hit sixty five, seventy million sales for this year. And yep. Real estate year, probably not far off either. That's what and yeah, and I read everyone else's too, and I don't I couldn't tell you one thing on it. Yeah, it's interesting. It worked. It worked. Cool. Uh, it's a hook. So, so sorry, I keep pulling you off on time. No, no so DHE grows. We we get a lot of friends in the industry. Uh, people think that construction is just about like low bid. Like, all right, I gotta get low bid. It's got nothing to do with it. It's it's relationship building. It's making your customers look good. Um, we use a lot of subcontractors, for example, and we're not always selecting the low guy. It's who who fits for this job. Who's going to be headache free? Um, one thing we pride on at DHE is never coming at the very end of a job with our handout. Just don't do it. It's notorious in our industry. It's it's so frustrating. Um, we understand a pro forma, which we're going to talk about real estate here yep. at some point. Um, so we get it. Like this has to pencil in. There isn't just this. Hey, I need another ten grand. Uh, 
that went long and you didn't ha- I didn't have this baked in, I didn't figure on this. And you're like, well, you know, this, this developer built this apartment complex on a pro forma. There isn't more money that's coming out. I don't care. They're rich. Have yeah. them write me a check. It's like, you can do that once. And you sure. might get that check. You might yeah. not, but you probably just burned your bridge with, you know, more opportunities. I'm not saying we do that work for free. That's not business smart either, but we bake it in. Sure. You're going to find yep. a cheaper number than us all, the, all day long. Um, we got overhead, but our overhead is um, great health insurance, 401k. We'll talk about the ESOP thing in, here, in a minute yep. here, but mm-hmm. um, we're not out there to be the cheapest. Um, we're selective on what we do, who we work for. Um, it, it took a while to get to that point. And, it, and it's, I mean, a lot of times when you see low bid too, you're like, what did they miss? Everybody who got work, it was, what did you miss? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, crap. Let's go back to the drawing yeah. board. And that's where I also found, um, mainly my brother Eric was good at this, still is, you know, talking to other plumbing companies that bid on it. Hey, let's compare notes when we're done. One of us, you know, got this job. One of us didn't, but let's yep. look at, you know, uh, linear feet of pipe. Let's both learn from all this money and time we that's just so spent. Yeah. That years. has to be such a culture shift, too, from... Old school. A lot of other industries school. don't do it either. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so secret. No, it's not. Estimating is, you know, man hours, amount of pipe. You know, how are you thinking about plumbing this, uh, you know, third floor? Maybe you end up gaining something and you help them out of the next one. Nothing wrong with it. It's not collusion. The, you know, job's already been awarded. Now let's compare notes. And if you are low, oh my gosh, I forgot all the fixtures. Now yeah. I need to go hat in hand and back <laughs> out. Uh, we've had to do that only, I mean, twice, I think, in the history of DHE. Wow. I mean, this back to Excel spreadsheets. You just had a cell that was off. You're like, I missed this. And no no good developer, no good contractor wants anyone to lose money on a job site. No. That's no. not what you do. Um, so the last thing you want to do is stick it to someone. Oh, sorry, that was your bid. Show up. They're going to be a miserable contractor the whole time. You're going to get the, you know, their D, E level Workers, it, yep. it and just doesn't make sense. And that's a one done too for you guys or for most contractors. And if it's not, then it's like the next time I bid the project, if if I'm even willing to, it's going to be way out. Of, you're going to be super high because why wouldn't you be? If we're going to do this, I, I need to make X or mm-hmm. no, thank you. Or or you act, go hat in hand and say, here's our true cost. We'll do it at cost. And that's something mm-hmm. that you don't have to do either. You just say, sorry, I'm not going to sign the contract. You walk in hat in hand and you say, look, yep. we had an issue here. Let's talk about it. And both those contractors that we had issues with, we still work with all the time today. Yeah. yeah. No, they, they get yeah. yeah. It's estimated. Well, it's, they, if it's it. a one-off occurrence too, it's not like happening on every single Here's job. Here's our spreadsheet. Yeah. This did carry over. You know, if it would have carried over, that puts our number here. And look where second place was. That's right where our number yeah. would have been. I mean, we're justifying their number. Mm-hmm. We'll either yeah, do yeah. a cost or, I'm sorry, we'll just walk away and please award it to the next bidder. Yep. And, and I was talking more from like the construction side or from the developer side of it for you guys too, where like you guys are picking your, like you're not building, there are people that clients, like you said it earlier, that will fire or blacklist because they're coming to us and beating us down, beating us down every single time and not understanding a change order. And then to even get, to the next pro say they do the next one, I mean you're gonna your number is gonna be a lot higher or you're just not gonna bid it. And that's not benefit to them either. No, it's, it, there's a lot of short term thinking. Yeah. That's not how you win long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a it's such a balance. Even, the, even if we bid it wrong and we lose our butt and we realize it with a month to go, last thing we're gonna do is come in and we're just gonna it's a loss. It, yeah. You're gonna it's estimating. You're not perfect. If you win every single job, you're doing something very wrong. I was gonna say on average, how often do you win? But, the for a while we were in most of our work is negotiated now okay. um, but I'd probably say we're in the 15% on the open market okay. 10 to 15 what about on like bigger bonded type stuff 
a lot of times we're the only one right That's now. That's what I, wow. And with 185, we're actually at 190 guys now. Um, there's only so many companies that can handle some of the fast-paced school-type jobs, so then you're dealing with budgets. Um, so I'm gonna close, budgets. I close in June. I need you to be ready and occupied by August to get and the kids back And there is no in. additional week. School will open, if that means 100 hours, 60 hours. So that's where our planning and our prefabrication in our shop to get as much ready to go. So the second that last bell rings, we're on site the next day with some of it already built, a plan and demo, is there a bunch of penalties lined up on that for you guys if you don't hit it, or how does that work? Uh, there can be liquidated damages on certain projects, usually more in the private world. Okay. Um, but in the bonded world, they could technically bring in another contractor and then make you pay for it for the additional labor. We've never really had an issue. We've always kept our part of the deal. Yeah. Um, but if you got those fast-paced jobs, you can make good money doing it. Sure. Uh, Tanger Mall, for example, we weren't low, but the schedule dictated that uh, they could give us plumbing and mechanical. So two of the larger categories of this project, and it was beneficial that they decided at the whatever level that instead of hiring two separate companies, we give it to DHE. We know they're going to get it done, get it done on time, and um, they, we can go worry about a different set of trades or another problem on this site. Yeah, I feel like that project came up overnight. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I mean, you probably got stories for that one. When uh, Eric and I were had to a meeting somewhere on the highway, we got the contract, um, great team from Rockford built that thing. So uh, kudos to them. Um, we had some really other good subs on site, but you know, we kind of said, there's no way. There's no way they're going to pull the schedule Bad. off. Yeah. Waiting time. for the addendum, and then we're driving, and all of a sudden you start seeing billboards. Like, Eric, billboard. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> this, this is real. Like, it said, like, we're doing opening, opening this date, and there wasn't a piece of pipe. Uh, I think the underground might have been done, and that was it. But there wasn't a building. There wasn't at one building yet. It yeah. was, uh, when I drive by that site every time, and just a, just a retaining wall itself out towards 84th Street, and I'm like, that it's a massive. That was fast and furious. We had, at times, we had 60 guys on Saturdays coming in from other sites just to help keep the schedule. In, in that, I mean, you guys don't, you're not doing any of the earthwork, like the, the excavators in charge of that for you guys yeah, to put right. the plumbing in place and stuff. But well, we usually have to scratch our pipes in, So, but we have our own equipment for that or we'll sub it out to the excavator on site. Okay, okay. Man, yeah, that one, that did come up, up overnight and it was, yeah, we made it. it's a beautiful project too. Yeah. Yeah. Coordination that went into that, I mean, you just got so many different small buildings. It's one thing to build one building, big building that fast. <sighs> But every building is different, and every building, you know, it gives a character, which is yeah. good. But when you're looking at speed and it's not just a straight yeah. line industrial building or retail right. center, yeah. that's yeah. a line. And also, yeah. you had 60 guys on site on Saturday. How many other guys were on site as well? I mean, it oh, had yeah. to be just people it, working all over house. each other. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where size helped. A lot of the contractors had that ability. Um, you know, had that back, uh, you know, back pocket group of guys that they knew. All right, we're going to put out put out the signal. And a lot of guys too will come and help the foreman on that project because they've helped them on other ones too. They don't want to work Saturday, but they're like, you know, Billy came and helped me six months ago when I was in a pinch. And yep. that's, that's how you create a real team. And we've really worked hard to get to that point. It's never perfect, but um, culture is a huge part of construction. It's not just your hourly wage. Um, so how can we make the best culture out there? And I think that's, uh, I, I pride myself on what we've done in the culture wise. And that's, that shows on those kind of jobs where, all right, you know the the brothers are taking care of us. Uh, take care of us. They need us on this weekend. They're not calling us every weekend to do this. This is real. Um, let's go. Take care of it. Knock it out. That's a that's so cool. I mean, what is that? 
the um, the guys at Inline Electric just stepped up too on a on a small project for us where it was like uh, Transformer came in, like consumers was scheduled, and they were there till four in the morning. And this smaller scale, but it's yeah. a smaller team. I mean, twenty year old guys. We went and met some of them at DJs for pizza and. Um, there till four in the morning. They, they could have said we'll be back tomorrow. And, yeah. yeah, I think most people would. And without that culture base, uh, it's fun. It's cool yep. that you just said that because I can. You can picture it almost. It's and that's fun. where we ended up. Um, uh, this is going to be one of the earlier announcements here. I think it's going to be in Crane's business journal next week. But uh, we have gone ESAP and brought our employees in as, as partners. We've always legally thought of them as partners. Now they actually are. Uh, so it gives us a transition. Uh, Plan for us three brothers. My brother Josh uh, took my father's shares um, three years ago now, four years ago. Okay. So we're the three brothers are equal partners now. Um, and now we can slowly start giving the company over to the employees and watch that legacy and name. All the way from those original eight guys that you were just talking about. Yeah, we've got guys that, you know, 16 years, now, yeah, 16, 17 years that we've had guys. We never imagined that. You just don't think that far ahead. Yeah. What, what was that like, though? It had to be like almost like super pumped, bittersweet. What was the feeling? I mean, it was a definitely one of the my uh, the, yeah emotional roller coaster. But it was one of my greatest business goals ever is getting to know like Bice Electric and Jerry at High Point and just watching their cultures and seeing how happy those guys are to look out for each other. They wear the name with pride. Mm-hmm. Everything is clean. Their shirts are in good order. Um, they get to pick and choose what jobs they want because of their culture and looking out for each other. I think Bice is up to four hundred guys or something like that. Wow. Insane. Holy cow. Um, and that's them going out and reaching out to other people, saying, hey, the water's warm here, come work for us. And that's how we get most of our guys, too, is yeah, all these guys talk, plumbers talk at supply houses, um, family functions, school stuff, and they compare notes. Yep. And hey, it, how, and how warms the water DHE? Just ESOP now and everything else, and uh, you know, it's time to come on over. Will you explain what ESOP is, too, for somebody that doesn't know? Uh, an ESOP is an employee stock ownership program. Uh, so in simple, um, before we closed, every dollar that was made of profit went to the High War Brothers. Now a portion of that profit goes to the employees, um, and we slowly start moving percentages over to them. And then as we step out, and we can still work there as long as we want, but um, our end goal, uh, which will happen, will be 100% ownership of the employees like Bice. So nice. that, uh, you either when you are ready to retire, which I'm not there yet, but I've got some other things I want to try and want to turn 50. Um is either finding a you know PE fund or somebody write you a big fat check and you just hope and pray that they don't gut the company yeah. and you know do something with it and it's gone or it's not what it used to be and or you try to find a, a transition to the next generation which we don't have mathematical uh, way for that to work with brother Josh has no kids I've got two my brother Eric has four boys how do you try to figure out that I, I've seen that goes terrible so many times that we just started you know we just decided early that this is a good goal of ours. Um, there's nothing wrong with being in business with our kids, but we can go do something different. What's not? It's, yeah. When did you guys come to that conclusion that you, that that's what you wanted to do to ESOP? Uh, I think all of us jumped on board at different times. For me, it's been years and years and years ever since. Yeah. I'm just watching Bice from the office side of things, yeah. and um, you know, seeing them show up on site, and you know, we've got used equipment. We're starting out young, but all yeah. their stuff is washed. Even it's not new; it's still clean, working. I mean, nothing was more annoying than having a foreman call and say, "Hey, you sent the scissor lift out," and the wheels don't work. Mm. Uh, no one checked the battery before it went out. Yeah, um, this needed to get serviced, and the, la- the foreman on the last job forgot to say something. Now you got dead time. Now you're panicking, and if you got if this foreman's looking out for the next foreman, no matter who it is, they're going to take that extra step to be like, all right, this is my money. If this lift leaves, goes yeah. to another site, and it's nothing but a paperweight, that's 
hurting me by forgetting to do this. Mm-hmm. So um, from business side, I've always looked for a way to just, how do you do commission? Real estate, it's easy. You guys sell something, you get a check. And in the construction world, how do you, I've never been able to find a perfect way to come up with a compensation because different people are in different jobs for different amounts of time. It might've got bid wrong, might've been bid extra, you know, better than another one. How do you justify who gets what commission? It doesn't, unless you put it all together. And yeah, but it's, yeah. And, and I appreciate that, but to give up on it, like to give up the ownership portion of it to whether it's to another partner, whether it's to employee, whether it's, it, it still had to be, uh, like it had to be super hard to do. Yeah. It, it, to it was up. years in, in thoughts and meetings uh, with the brothers and, you know, is this the right thing to do? And there's still days I, I'm like, did we do this right? And you really won't know. The experiment goes on. It's going to mm-hmm. be a while. Most of them survive. A couple of them uh, that I heard about don't. West Michigan has a, Largest amount of uh, ESOP companies in the country, really? which was news to me. That. And a lot of them, um, that I, companies I've heard of, like GMB, I had no idea that they were until I started digging into the you know process more and hearing more and more names pop up. I'm like, oh, Royal huh. Plastics, out by me, big manufacturer, no idea. Huh. Um, and it, but it, it is, I guess it is, I mean, it's not, I said like taking ESOP or taking a partner, but you really did both. You took... 160 new partners and how does how does that work for them do they they have like a voting rights or how, like how do you i'm assuming there's it's there's not a majority yet anyways on, but yeah once you get it's not even a majority once okay. you get a certain percentage then they have a board and that board will have a say okay um, yeah that makes sense but then it when it, it tips farther and farther towards the employee's ownership percentage then their vote is stronger and stronger um, but there's still some safeguards in place. We're, we'll always be on the board as sure, long as yep. we want to be. We, yep. um, we can always you know, decide, hey, you guys have this under control. We're out of here. Um, and that'll be at different times. I don't think all, it's not going to be a day where all three of us say, you know, today's over. Yeah. Um, being the oldest, uh, you know, I've just got some other things on the radar that I want to try. It'll probably be me first, but who knows? Mm-hmm. And, and to like the other part of it is just like the. Um, vulnerability and now like you're opening all your books up to 160 employees too uh yeah there's reports you get at the end of the year but it's not like a hey everybody let's vote on if we're going to get new printers for the sure yeah. Like, yeah yeah it's not at that the end of, new but yeah, at the end of the day it's still i mean the way i put it with the employees when we had the announcement is by the way we closed two months ago nothing has changed in those those two months you've been esop and you just didn't know it how pumped were they yeah what was that like? uh, a lot of confusing looks. Uh, people that the people that really respected it and were like, "Oh my gosh, this is awesome!" knew someone, an uncle, a cousin, uh, someone that had been in one before. Mm-hmm. And really, it, it's just going to take a couple of years until you keep getting those statements. To be like, "Wow, I got my four hundred one k match. I got my pay increase. I got everything else. Plus this, uh, this piece of paper is mine." Yeah. So you're kind of, yeah, yeah. For them, it's a it's a it's a big change for them in their minds. Too, because they're like all of a sudden, yeah, like they're. I guess skin in the game. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and it didn't cost them anything to and get in. Does that change yeah. the culture here too? Because now they're skin in the game, and does that change things? That is the goal. I mean, we still need everyone to work hard, but maybe, uh, maybe you let this guy. Maybe as a foreman, you let this guy stay longer than what he should. Obviously, late every day, but he's really funny. So yeah. we're gonna let him skip by. Well, now you're gonna take it a second thought, and maybe this funny guy should go work at another plumbing company somewhere else. Um, I could. It'll be faster to just chop the all these pieces of pipe in half. Where mm-hmm. really, I could only need eight. But if I just chop these ten in half, 
then um, it's gonna be faster and I can get out of here. It's Friday, get out of here faster. It might it might be more of a stop, think. Mm-hmm. You know, that's money I'm throwing in the dumpster every time, not just scrap from some estimate. That's super yeah. exciting. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. That's but, awesome. And it was supposed to be a part of the last one too until it didn't record. Yeah. But congratulations. All right, let's start recording this one. Let's hit record. You have no idea. I actually, I, I've like looked like eight times. So I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm pretty sure it's recording. We're good. We're good. But I, yeah, I'm. So you said a little nervous that you kind of want to try some new ventures yeah. and some new opportunities. What does that look like for you? I think right now we have 24 companies total um, wow. between horse stables, um, patio furniture stores, barn building company, um, race horses, a lot of real estate entities, and then some investments into some startups um, uh, like Wedge HR, Matt Baxter, big shout out, great startup uh, for your hiring needs in Grand Rapids here. Um, B2 Outlets, we've helped them in some different ways. So I, I just enjoy something different. I, I'm curious. Uh, I just got an insurance. I'm backing a couple PNC agencies behind the scenes. Um, just how does this work? And, and something I don't know about if I can invest in it safely and figure out the PNC world and the difference between getting this bonus due to loss ratio versus renewals. And how do you do you pay more money to your sales guy up front and then take all the um, renewal money, or do you? give them a little bit less in the sales up front, but bake in some renewal money for them. Like there's different ways to structure that. And I love those kind of problems. They sound Mm -hmm. dorky to most, but to me, that's like a cool, all right, I'm not saying I need to change this, but I just want to understand how this works. Racehorses, I did nothing about, I had no idea about (laughs) pin hooking and um, all the different terms that you and I have learned, Max. Uh, I'm still learning all the time and it's just something different. Um, So I've got a couple of those kind of ideas. I've got a couple ideas I can't mention right now that I want to try. so we'll just kind of see. What, what about? I mean, let's talk about real estate because I, I'm, that's what connected us. Is that for you guys? Place. You guys do that, right? Occasionally, sometimes. Occasionally, yeah. So, I try not to. <laughs> I did a little bit of research. So Max, you have been president, past president, current president, current, current president. Yep. All right, and then Chris, you've been doing commercial real estate also. Also. So DAR, I understand, stands for Dancers and Rappers Real Estate. <laughs> Correct. You got it. Now I need to know. Obviously. Pitcher, being DJ Pitch back in the day, was the rapper. Geenan, ballroom dancer, fantastic ballroom dancer. Nah, so He's far. on the dancer side. Yeah. Rap, which one were you, dancer or rapper? I was more of a rapper. The rapper side. Yeah. I was going to yeah. guess yeah. rap. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to guess rap. <laughs> Once he gets that do-rag on, he becomes a different person. I'm impressed because I, I get asked that question all the time. So what's DAR stand for? I never knew. So I'm glad you taught there me. You there you go. There I go. I so in your rap career, if you ever come across a gang, I have, <laughs> I have applied. I've applied a gangs over and over. I think it's the blonde hair, but no callbacks, nothing. No. Even during COVID, they weren't doing the beatdowns. Listen, the, the it's because you're in Jamestown. Because you're in Jamestown. Jamestown. Yeah, not gonna touch you. Maybe if I shorten it to J Town. J Town. Now we're talking. J Town. All right. There's no gang in J Town. So real estate. What do you want to know? Good, bad. Um, I guess uh, let's talk about. I mean, you, you had this. You had this horrific experience in real yeah. estate yep. and kind of going back, I mean, to 05, 04, 05, 06, a horrific experience getting just taken by somebody that that was greedy. And yep. and now you jump into real estate. How? Why? Why get back into real estate? Uh, what are you at that doing? Point? What are you doing? Okay. Also, is that house still there? It is still there, and I've is tried it? to buy it several times. Have you? Yep. She still lives there? No, no. Okay. Uh, when I lost to the bank, she got evicted, and 
somebody bought it for less than, I mean, I think it was 20% of what my mortgage was. Wow. Uh, and I've called that individual several times and offered him cash for the house. I want it back. Yeah. And he won't sell. Dang. Not yet. Um, I've actually said, had several residential guys every once in a while just <laughs> ping them. Let, <laughs> let us know after what, what it is. I'll give you the address. Yeah. I think Trevor's tried before. We'll get it done. Yeah. Um, so real estate. So that yeah. all, it also kind of ties back on the dairy farm thing. So once we, uh, Eric and I have always loved real estate. My father enjoys it too, but just something about the residual income as a contractor. Again, if we stop bidding today, once our jobs are done, there's no more income. It's, it's over. So um, how do we diversify? Because the farm, all the money that the farm made went back into the farm. So when the farm took a punch to the face, there was, there's no, no, no insulation to mm. back it up. So we said, let's get to a point, if we can, where uh, real estate's doing well enough where if DHE had to, we just stop paying ourselves, you know, move back into your garage or whatever it might be that this thing survives and that might be, let's find some residual income somewhere else. So that's when we found the first, uh, and we're watching, you know, developers we're working for, you know, how are they doing this? Sure. Again, yeah. the curiosity thing, like, sure. how did this guy buy this piece of land and know that they would rent for this and mm-hmm. that this is how much it's going to cost? You're working backwards. There's some risk there. And um, so we started our first 14 unit by Hager Park and Jenison. And that went really well. It was a lot of us after hours. Again, hooves. So I'm digging. And I'm like <laughs> going to get stuff. But I had yeah. work boots on. <laughs> same pair I, I've had for the last 25 they're years. Still yeah. cl- they're still clean. Yeah. They still got a tag on still them. Got, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so that kind of got us a taste for it. And just looking at something that... It, Real estate development's not a quick thing. And there's a lot of people that, to buy something in today's world, it is a see, feel, touch mentality. Like the retail market, in a perfect world, you want to build a, a retail mall that has fully leased. If you can just get a couple, by yeah. the time it goes up, then it's time. That's when everyone's like, oh, I can picture my chiropractor office being here in 60 days. It's not yep. the, yep. oh, this is a rendering. Uh, you know, you got to get zoning yet, so I'm going to lease, pre-lease from you. It's going to be 18 months uh, there's a balance there. So we did our first 14 unit, went well, diversify. Uh, we didn't take any money from real estate. We still don't from any of our real estate stuff that we own as brothers. It all just stays there and goes into other projects. Um, so built that one, filled it, uh, paid back a private investor who, uh, Scott Diebenhorst, who took a big chance on some young Dutchman back then. Shout out to Scott. Um, paid him back right away. And that's when we saw the Strikers deal. Uh, Family Fun Park. We tore that what, down. What year was Strikers? God, eleven or twelve, maybe. Wow. wow. We started yeah. messing with it, and and I enjoyed the fight. It should be a fight, more of a negotiation. Governments aren't as rigid as you think. Banks aren't as rigid as you think. Some people walk in and they they're told no right away, and it's okay. All shucks. Mm-hmm. I'm going home. No, uh, you can push back a little bit. No, why is this ordinance here? Um, this math doesn't make sense. This is how I come up with my units per acre. I should be able to use this floodplain land. Um, you know, banks, oh, this doesn't fit our box. All right, well, let's change the box a little bit. And what are you looking for? Oh, this is a, you know, sometimes you got to help them underwrite it and come up with a plan. Uh, so that's that's the part I like. A good example is we just finished our 240-unit complex, Black River Flats in Holland, I've not been there since it was finished. I like wow. the fight. I like the, I got a great management team yeah. there. Um, I got owner's reps that are there checking on things, but I like the fight, the 
being told no, and then how do you move something around? How do you schmooze neighbors? Yep. I had neighbors chase me to the parking lot on certain projects, and the, at the end they shake your hand and say the one you know, the one that I got to go through with you. Oh yeah, you see watch it, watch the experience from first meeting to literally, literally people coming out into the hallway, chasing Nate out the hallway to come cuss him out and tell him basically get out of our municipality um, all the way to the end process. And it was a two year process essentially um, to get it approved and unanimous approval. approval. You're talking uh, planner changeover, uh, city manager, city manager changeover, multiple city council member changeovers in this two year process because it was, it was so, it was so emotionally charged for everyone all the way to the end product of like in the last meeting, it was hardly a conversation. Everyone was super excited about it and thankful to Nate. And I was like, what, <laughs> what Kool-Aid did you deliver down here? Cause like, this is a completely different meeting from day one to two years, but it was a grind. Yeah. It was an absolute grind for you. Uh, as of right now, it's still bare dirt. Now we've got the plans done and um, we'll start going vertical. Had some really great, People buy the commercial lots out front. It's going to be a great development when it's over, mm-hmm. but it's not a quick man's play. And that's where the blessing of having DHE that pays our bills, that financially we can stick our neck out a little bit more than someone else can, um, uh, makes it beneficial and makes it more fun. Make The risk just isn't there to the level that if you're a developer only, you're constantly... It, there's residual income, but a lot of us dev fees and things like you that. You have to yeah. get it you done. You always need a couple of things going. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't, you, I'm not saying you starve, but it's going to hurt pretty bad. Or yeah. if one of our deals falls through and we have to resell the land or something, the land that you're selling for me on Friday, we've had that yeah. for, I, I sounds terrible, but I forgot we owned it. I was so mad. <laughs> I was so, I was so it was offended. Left, it was left over from a mini storage project that we did. I forgot that we only used half the land and it's like, I sold yeah. it. I'm like, I'm oh, like wow. hey, sweet. I'm like, hey, <laughs> Nate, got a great price for you on this one. Like, I'm super excited to tell him. And he's like, oh, I forgot I about that one. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> It's so good, but yeah, you're closing closing Friday on that yeah. one, and and that that's cool because it was uh, it was kind of well. Trevor brought found the land and brought it, I think, originally, but gets developed into self storage, and then it's like a multiple touch because it's self storage to selling to a REIT or yep. essentially. Yep. You know, mechanical work out of it. Trevor got some building work out of it. Yeah, yep. as many times you can touch a project and. And, and then now, of, five, six years later, four years later, off extra dirt. sell off the extra dirt. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Great. So that's, a, I mean, that's the exciting part so of real estate. I, I can see myself doing more commercial real estate. Uh, I don't know if I want to get licensed because you guys do some weird stuff. Um, <laughs> we do. I, I like the Moxie group, and I like, uh, obviously, I know Chris Madar, the Dar group. Too, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of old, dusty dinosaurs that do this. Just have to bring out the fax machine. And, Let's yeah. bring up the fax machine. So I know that they still have them. But that was that was commercial real estate when I started was, let me fax this. And like, are you going to call and like talk about the deal? Nope, it's faxed. What do we do now? They'll fax back. Like, what do you mean? Fax back. They want to sell. I want to buy. Let's yeah. just go meet at, let's go to Rainbow Grill and knock this yeah, out, have this an out. omelet, yeah. and then call it a day. Oh, no. Nope, we must fax. I got to put my old sport coat on. I'm going to walk our way, and I'll call you in 72 hours, and the fax is back. It's, and then I'm going to call, and they're going to say, we never got a fax. There's an error. <laughs> and then... Once the digital age came through, you're like, oh my gosh, commercial is going to change. Nope, nope, we still do the same thing. 
we instead of faxing, we emailed the same forms, people. They're the exact same yeah. forms as we're getting faxed. But now we email. And you're like, all right, just email those. Call and talk yep. it out. Nope. nope. Email sent. <laughs> we'll wait. We're going to wait for the email. It's it's slowly, it's changing. But it, it's like, it's such a, um, if I have information, I must protect it at all costs and make you come to me for all information. It makes yeah. no sense. Instead of like getting and dispersing and finding the right people or like, in my mind, would be better for your client anyways, your seller, your landlord. I, mean, I get you got to have some angles, but if you've got a motivated seller and a motivated buyer, what's stopping you from just going to a table and being like, all right, we're within 100 grand of each other on a $5 million deal. Let's just talk it out now. It's not like someone's going to hear, oh, a secret, and then just jump out the window and run off. Ha ha! Ha ha! Yeah. I stole your special <laughs> secret. In this scenario, I didn't. When's the email come in? <laughs> I don't know what to do. There's there's an intro email. Hey, I've got a buyer. Let's go yeah, meet. Yeah. Sure, maybe you got to vet out the, the seller sure. and the buyer. Make sure it's real. There's, yeah. There is a benefit to a couple initial emails back and forth going, yeah. I need to know about zoning. Has anyone tried to rezone to this type of? Yes, sure. they have. Yep. It's a dead duck. Cool. Move on. So get some of that stuff out of the way, but then sit down to the table and within a couple yeah. minutes, I mean, an hour can <laughs> yeah. save oh. two and a half months. Yeah, of, of work. Yeah, I mean, I, how many times do we put together a pro forma or a rendering of something and then find out something the commercial realtor knew the whole time? Yeah, he's had this list yep. over two years. Yeah, two years, and somehow he thinks we're going to magically not find the same soil issues that the yep. ten people before him did. What are you holding on the info for? Right. Stop wasting or there's, time. There's a ton of easements all over the property. You're, you can't even develop. <laughs> Yeah, why why not put that right in the listing? Yeah. Easements that you're gonna have to deal with. Are you yep. really thinking that someone someone can find them? Yeah. yeah, but I do think there are certain brokers like I can deal with Max really easy. Hop on the quick phone call. There's probably I would say, you know, fifteen twenty guys in our industry that you can just do that and figure out a deal yeah. in a matter of minutes. Okay, are, yes. are, are, are we close to terms? If we are, yeah, let's sit down both groups and figure this thing out. Yes, and I'm glad it's getting more towards that. Yeah, and it has for for sure. Has. Yeah. We're never giving our fax machine up. Never. <laughs> never. Maybe I just act too quick. Max, I mean, I know Trevor's mentioned before, he's like, yeah, you said yes or no, like now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because a yep. lot of the commercial real estate stuff, investing, there's no, hmm, let me take two and a half months to uh, think on it. Yeah. And they find the call back. Yep, I'm in. You're like, I'm, that's things under, it's already, they're going vertical. Yeah, they're breaking dirt right now. Like, yeah, you missed the, the whole thing. But yep. that, that is one thing, like, in dealing with you and, and the brothers, I mean, quite frankly, is like, hey, like, when something comes up and somebody brings it to you, it's not the two-month of, like, oh, maybe let's tinker with this, let's play with this. It's like, yes, let's figure this out. Or no, it's not for me. And we can, Love and, it or hate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and we're going to figure. And then when those hair items that always come up, because if there weren't those items, it would be done. When those things come up, you guys don't run in panic either, which is, right. I don't know if that's, and maybe that's partially goes back to the fact that it's not, you don't have to have it go, right? Well, and you also have due diligence period built into your contract. So yeah. people hem and haw, have these stupid facts back and forth meetings <laughs> to get under contract only to allow the other person six months to get out of it whenever they want. Yep. So what are we doing? Let's get like the basics hammered out. Let's get the price figured out. Let's save three and a half weeks of this. Get a letter from your lender or a proof of cash. And all right, yep. now let's go to contract. Now you've got six months, which really, unless you need an environmental or something weird done. You shouldn't need more than 60 days. Oh. But it, it is nice, too, like, from the seller aspect, and I don't think it gets enough credit of, like, 
want like everyone's so hesitant to jump into the deal and start figuring those things out for whatever reason but it's like it's such a value to the seller too because even if you walk they know they're five six seven steps further along that process that, like, very true wow. i agree i just i walked away from one on Plainfield, and but i had the environment excuse me i had the phase one done i yep. just handed that to the agent yeah. here you go i paid for it free and clear it's yours this one doesn't it. work out found hair in the deal um, but someone else can look at this differently and here's moving forward, here's an edge for you or yeah. check this box already, it's done. I think the, the Black River Flats, the developer that I, who finally fell on his face, he had that under contract for like three and a half years. Just Jeez. constantly kicking another thousand hard money to tinker with it for another six months. It's yeah. like, well, what, you, what, what happened here? Yeah. But okay, like going into that one, like when somebody's looked at it for you, like, Somebody else has already been there. They've looked at it. They've been to the sitting at the table in the same chair you're sitting in. Does that give you any hesitation, or are you like, "Hey, I I think things different. I can see things different." Or what's your nah, mindset? I'm no in? rain man when it comes to that. I just think I think it comes down to the risk thing, where um, because we have DHE, we can uh, we can we got more hold uh, holding costs aren't near as scary. Uh, sure, mm-hmm. we've got now we've got enough of a portfolio where. We don't have to worry about sitting on the middle of the dirt for too long because we got other properties that are paying that bill for us. And yep. take a deep breath, do it right. It's just stacking money. That's what it is. Is there any category in real estate that you won't touch? Like, sounds like anything in Canada. Indiana. Indiana is way out. Um, let me think. What don't I like, Max? I, I mean, you've done water park. Essentially, your golf mini putt course. I've right? done retail, done mini yeah. storage. You've done, you've you've done, done, done office, lease buybacks. Um, we done any office? Yeah. Yep. You did. I mean, essentially, you just finished a medical office last week. Oh yeah. So office. Yeah. you've done a, you've done veterinary clinics and general sure. practice off general medical office and everything between. So I mean, there really isn't a nothing category. above three story. I've never done anything above three story, so that's a different world. But you've done yeah. you've done uh, mixed use. I mean, there, there's really not between commercial down and, and multi up. Um, I, I think, and that's kind of the, the fun part for us too. And like dealing, dealing with Nate is like that you're not afraid to take on something new. Yeah. And you know, if, if it's a project and there's likes to it, you're, it, it doesn't freak you out that you've never done self storage. Or it doesn't freak you out that you haven't done ground up medical office before, or or even uh, the key share. I mean, complete spec retail of an old building like that that would terrify a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that's where you need to you know surround yourself with good people and people that are going to have fun doing it. We have Keekster's remodel and uh, renovation. Sure, there's a couple of bumps in the road which every developer, every development has. But when you're having fun with your buddies and making some you know a couple of dollars doing it, can you get much better than that? No, no, I don't think so. And I think that's, uh, it's been fun. Uh, It's been fun for me to get to know you guys better. And then as Trevor's walking by the the window too, but Trevor was our original introduction to you. And I think that's still one of my favorite stories is how you guys met too. (laughs) I I just love that story. Okay. So the the Trevor and Nate intro, Uh, we ran into each other a couple uh, industry events or something. He went to Unity, I went to Unity, but we're, um, I'm older than him, so we never crossed paths. But uh, we kind of said, ah, yeah, we'll, we'll hang out or, or chat on business at some point. DHE wasn't taking on new clients at the time. Um, and so one day, though, I get a call, and he says, Nate, you're a real, I forget, 
real jerk. You're a real jerk. We need to meet at Sunny Brook Country Club. We need to meet now. Bro. Okay. <laughs> Long time no talk. All, all right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll see you. I'll, I'll meet you down there, man. That's, yeah. Cool. Oh. Um, turns out that there was a parcel in Janice, uh, Georgetown Township, uh, 36 and Baldwin, that was not for sale. I had heard quietly that the guy wanted to sell it uh, from a guy who wanted to put an ice cream shop there. So word had spread to me. It was a, kind of an odd parcel because it was office. What was it zoned? It was zoned. Um, office office services. Yeah. Office services. Office services. So you could so do you no drive through yeah. yeah. no walk in, yeah. phone which, repair. Had which to be, is a knock for most developers. Yeah. They'd be, they'd be just, nervous yeah. about That's it. Fine. Yeah. yeah. And for me, it was nice and close near home. Um, so I went and met with a guy. So I need four hundred thousand dollars for this. And I said, I'll cut you a check for three hundred right now in my truck. I got three hundred. My wife will divorce me. <laughs> what do you think, man? I'm like, sorry, bro. Yeah. All right, gotta go. Yep. So I left, and he called me back the next day. I need three hundred and two thousand five hundred. It's yours. Oh, my closing costs covered. <laughs> Title commitment. Yeah. Okay, good. So, deal. Um, close the deal, and that whole time, Trevor, one of the best hustlers in this industry, um, and a good friend. Uh, had been working behind the scenes because he knew about the property also, but he was lining up some tenants for self building. And then when he went to go buy the land from the owner, he said, uh, you got to talk to Nate Highborn. (laughs) (laughs) Already sold it. Hence me being a jerk. Um, So we sat down, hashed it out and teamed up and um, he, uh, we were the owner developers and he was the contractor real estate and teamed up. And I mean, he knocked out of the park Um, as far as filling the tenants, quality tenants, and then we sold the building after it was done. I mean, if all those went that smooth, I mean, yeah. But but it too goes back to the the risk part of it for the risk profile, where like a lot of people would look at it and be like, "Office services, oh, it limits my uses that I can put yeah. here." And then two, I mean, you guys broke ground at, with two tenants in hand or three. We had three. We had the you did have three endurance fitness and the two Edward Jones, and okay. then we picked up the dentist wow. and the physical therapist. Uh, either right after it was done or very close to. So, I mean, you're essentially specking half the building or more at that point or close to. Um, you probably feel good about it, but it's still a huge risk. And that's a, where there's a lot still going to be some holding costs if you only have, you know, three, uh, only have the building full. You're still going to bleed for a little bit, just yeah. how long. And, yeah. But how else do you really do it? If you're going to have the safe play of waiting till the whole building's full, it'll never happen. Yeah. Some yeah. of the other people are going to find somewhere else while you're trying to find it. You're just never going to get to yeah. that point. It, yeah, it's such a it's such a balance though. To it's such a balance. It's well, like, yeah, that, like when to when to pull the trigger. And some people, the risk aversion for some people is the opportunity, right? Like they missed it just because they waited an extra six months and two yeah. tenants. Well, how many people point. drive by that property? Like it was sitting vacant dirt for how long? And it would drive oh, by. It had been zoned that way. Yeah. I didn't have to get rezoning or anything. But yeah. all the neighbors in the houses threw rocks and broke all the lights in the back. Because, I'm sure. But it's the, they kept calling the township. The township's like, dude, before your development correctly. was built, before your house was built, this parcel yep. was zoned this way. I don't want to say it's your fault for owning a house right there, but it's your fault for owning a house right there. Yeah. Uh, and it's a nice, quiet building. It's not like a. Yeah. It's not like you have a restaurant going through at 11 o'clock at night. It's a, it's a, it's a really nice building. In fact, somebody, another developer, um, it's probably like three. I don't even know if I ever told you this, but they, I don't know if they even broke ground, but they, they liked that building so much that they were planning on duplicating it over in Allendale. 
Oh, really? I don't go to Allendale enough to know <laughs> oh, yeah. if it went up or not, but he was like, yeah, that's a really good-looking building. Yeah, I love sure. it. So it. Yeah. And then what number development do you think that was for you? I mean, how, how new were you? We had a couple you? going at the same time, but that would, I guess, would be third or fourth. Okay. Start to finish. Then we so it was fairly, it, I mean, it was, you've done it, but it's a fairly new. That part. was our first retail one. I think we had our building on Wealthy going up at that time. So just learning the different demographics of what you're looking for and dealing yep. with yep. national chains versus one-offs versus, you know, how do you qualify the, you know, the person who's got the corporate lease versus someone willing to pay more rent, but they're a little bit riskier. Like, yep. How do you do the balance and how do you, you know, you take a couple of each if you can do it right. That's awesome. Yeah. And and you've rolled it. Yeah. What you say pause? No. Mm. Oh, can we pause? Yeah, yeah we can pause. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, pee. Yep. How much longer we got? How much longer? All right, I think we're good. Red means go, right? I think so. I think we're good. It's still, <laughs> it's still clicking, right? We paused. This is the first time we ever got to pause before. And Nate went to the to the washroom. I went to the fridge. Oh, I see you grabbed there. I went to the fridge and grabbed the DHE Pilsner. I'm going to pop a Pilsner right I now. do believe we're the only mechanical contractor that has our own beer. Uh, shout out to Triple Root Brewing for the creation of DHE Pilsner. They crushed it on it, too. Oh, and it's not, looks awesome. It's not like a— it's good beer. It's not a sticker liner like like a sleeve. It's not it's, cheap. It's a real can. Yeah, it's a yeah. real can. And he crushed it. So cool. It's good. Put it, on it looks the, just like your your. Do you guys have like a Facebook page or a Instagram yeah. or something? Yeah, we'll put it on this. We it, we actually drop put it on the gram. We already yep. put it on the Moxie gram, but we'll put it on the Max and Chris. I can't remember podcast. Who knows? Yeah, but if you go to Max and Chris Pod.com, you can find all of it there. Have you guys thought about having some adults help you with this whole podcast thing? I'm just occasionally, one man. but then we're we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's still a hobby. We need. I'm just saying. It? I'm not. I guess I'm quite a bit older. So as an adult, I could mentor you. <laughs> what does DHE like think about record? Yeah, not record <laughs> potential sponsorship. Um, sponsorship. You, yeah, you drive a lot of revenue from our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Your mom's already going to go to DHE, I think, so. I'm pretty sure we're good, yeah. <laughs> You've already got her Shout out up. to Joy. Shout out to Joy. She's already shopping at DHE, drinking the Pilsner. So where, where do we leave off? It's good. We were um, talking about having fun with friends, which is. Oh, yeah, we kind of talked about. It's called a segue, guys. Yeah. Segway, did you catch that? The segue. So segue into the Smile Fund. Oh, please. Yeah. What yeah. is the Smile Fund, Nate? All right, so I talked earlier about having fun with friends, so. Um, I was talking with some friends, Brent Gibson, Chad Velkamp over at Construct Simplified, Nick Capasholto with Moxie, um, Nick Coster, uh, SC Environmental. He was at CWD for a long time. Um, and said, hey, what, I keep hearing this problem about dentists not being able to get in their own buildings. All right. The student loan debt, unbankability. You, you look at a dentist who you know has been in school for over 10 years, and then student loan debt and rates right now, they might owe, if they go into a specialty like um, orthodontia or, you know, sure. uh, peds or something, they might owe five, six, seven hundred grand in student yeah. loan debt. Are they going to pay back? For sure. You never see a, a dentist go out of business. Yeah. And I asked my banker, how many times have you, you know, pulled a note on a dentist? He's like, never. Never. It doesn't happen. Yeah. But you're at that age, and every dentist wants to have their own building with their own name on it. They don't want to buy a franchise type deal necessarily. Everyone wants to be in their world, their own design building. They'll do the Aspen for three or four years and then they're probably moving on is kind of what I've heard. A lot of, that's a step, yeah, a, a common stepping stone scenario right there. Yep. So then you go to your, your bank and you're like, hey, I'm gonna, I want to open my own building. Yep. But 
a dentist. Uh, not all of them. I'm saying some of them. The ones I've some of the ones I've met don't know real estate, don't know architecture, don't know leases, um, financing options, budgets for the construction part of it. And then even if you can get up to that point, you go to the bank. The bank's like, you are highly highly leveraged on everything. Yeah, you've got a house because they have the doctor loans, and yep. then you've got all the student loan debt. And now you want two million bucks to go build your own practice building. Sorry. I think Bank of America has one program where the cap is 150 grand for a dentist to open their new location, which doesn't get you anything in today's world. It doesn't even buy you a parking lot. Um, so we came up with the idea, uh, is there a solution? Is there a way for us to do this? And this is where the Smile Fund comes in, where we're having dentists, experienced dentists and other people in the industry and as investors on the left side, and the end users, the newer dentists that want to get into the industry on the right side, and we're the fund in the middle. So if you're a dentist, 65, retired, you've done very well, you sold your practice, looking for to diversify your portfolio, and instead of buying more DuPont paint stock or a mutual fund, let me invest some money in real estate. Well, where, how do I even start? And my brother Eric had, had a couple different people approach him too, like, you highway brothers get into all this real estate, like we want in too, but we have no idea how to start, how to do this, so... All right, and a couple of those were in that field. Here you go. We'll pair your want and need for investing in an industry that you know with someone on the other side that is ready to go on their own. We have a location selected, and we can put up that building, and the fund will run it for seven to ten years, depending on the the deal. And then the dentist buys us back out, or it's a land contract, or there's a zillion different ways to structure something like that. But we'll finance all the way from the dirt all the way to the fish tank. And ready for them to open, depending on how they want to bake everything together. Um, so kind of take some of the question marks away, take make the process smoother. We have land that we already own, so the the timing can be faster than the, oh, I know I want to go in this general vicinity. And there's a huge shortage shortage of dentists already in the, not just West Michigan, but across the country. So. Yeah. Will it work? I don't know. But, you know, yeah. we're having a lot of fun putting yeah. together. We had our first event. We had a couple of people show up, asking questions. We're going to have another big event coming up here soon. Um, and, and that's when you ask, what are you going to do, Nate? I'm going to do weird things like this yeah. all and the time. I so had, when you say you have yeah. land, where, where where do you have land currently that they could potentially? Uh, right now we have Greenville. We have Middleville. We have uh, Standale. And we've got Allendale, kind of. Okay. And, and they can... With that, too, I mean, you guys would be readily available to help do site selection and that, I'm assuming, too, if somebody's like, hey, I want to be in Rockford. Yeah, we got yeah. Nick from Moxie on the team, um, yeah. and you, we bird dog him or we have him meet with whoever that person might be. Could be Lake Odessa, could be Detroit, could be Kansas City. Uh, really doesn't matter. The, yeah. it, it, you know, as long as it pencils. And it's not Indiana. I, know. I have Canada. one of my like friends, he, he's a dentist right now, and he's actually trying to buy the practice. Yeah. Another job. And, yeah. we, and we do that too. I, if I keep looking at them, I'm like, just go open your own. Like, you're, you're kind of buying the name to it. Just do kind of your own thing and try to make it work. And, and I was kind of skeptical too about someone doing that exact same thing. Yeah. Well, the building we built, the one we talked about that Trevor called me jerk about, Dr. K is in there. And this is how I knew it would work. She, she moved here from Iowa with her husband. Her husband took a new uh, job at GVSU. Mm-hmm. So left her practice in Iowa. Just, I don't know if she sold it or whatever she did, but she moved and leaves space from us on the end cap and does not fit the mold of a Jenison Georgetown Township person. Um, and I'm just kind of like, all right, is she going to make it, not going to make it? And within a year, she's full. Yeah. Because yeah. some people just 
open Google and where's the nearest dentist. Yeah. Right? They don't have the loyalty that some generations do, or you get someone who retires, so you got to find someone new anyways. Yeah. You know, who takes what insurance or those kind of problems. But I was like, wow, she filled up with zero ties socially to anyone in this area. Yeah. And just by opening, I didn't see a plane with a banner behind it. I didn't see a big marketing Facebook push. It was just opening and people opening. driving by and she's yeah. full. Wow. And I, I on the on the smile phone I had somebody that um they they're in the medical field, but they were like somewhat skeptical on it. And they started asking me a bunch of questions on it. And I'm like because I, I think there was association they assumed that I was a part of it with you running with it and um Nick Capsholto being on the team. And I was like, hey, listen, like, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I'm like, I wouldn't bet against Nate, though. Like, it's going to get off the ground. <laughs> like, if there's one person that's going to pull this off, like, it, it probably would be you. If for some reason someone failed or said, this is too much for me, I want to go back to working at Aspen, we still have the real estate that yeah. we could convert to a chiropractic office or, or just keep it as a dental office and find someone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So you're still protected. Your yeah. investment is still protected uh, for the most part. And people want to invest in what they know. And if you've got these people with these fat checks from, you know, buyouts on their practices, they, and they want to help people out. They truly enjoy the industry. It is a close-knit bunch of people from all the ones I've met. They want to help, and they love, instead of just putting money in the money market, they can make the same amount of money, but being able to see, feel touched, drive by this building, you know, chat with the uh, with the, the person. I want to try to create a community. A community yeah. of people helping each other yeah. out. And, hey, have you run into this problem? I heard about this new, I don't know, drill that goes drills through your nose and your tooth sure. or something does it really work I don't know some of those kind of things huh. so that's cool um, smile fund you can email nate at smile fund uh, smile and it'll go to me and spread to the team is there any any other ventures I know there's some others that you're working through or working on that you want to talk about or push or let them be for now Projects or personal goals? I got some weird personal goals. Let's get into personal goals. Oh boy. So I'd like to be, uh, I love Mayor Mark of Hudsonville. Yeah. Mark does a great job. He's very passionate about what he does. He loves going to openings, of new businesses. And when Mark retires, I love to step in and run for mayor. I don't know what that all entails in the city of Hudsonville. Um, uh, but by do they have I a mayor's all you mansion? guys to move to Hudsonville? I need the votes. <laughs> <laughs> do they have a mansion, the mayor's mansion that you get to have? No, but they're going to build one. <laughs> <laughs> That's day one. Yeah. I'm going to Airbnb it. <laughs> um, Can so you get a bond for that? <laughs> you may need it. Um, so that's on the, the goal list. Day uh, one, all zoning has been eliminated in the city of Hudsonville. You can go as high as you want, as wide as you Build want. Build whatever you want, whatever. wherever you want. Yeah. I will just tell them to talk to the drain commissioner, which is Trevor, I believe. Yeah. I will, I'm going to stack this thing with my cronies. Yeah. Department of Education, Max Grover. Yeah. Like, he can't, he's, he's got a 2.9 and a 21 in the ACT. He's a perfect fit. Citywide facts director, Chris Prince. Yep. <laughs> I love it. We will speed up faxes by three times <laughs> if you elect me mayor. Um, this weekend, we add, I added uh, being part of a Christmas play. Mm. Uh, I saw auditions for The Christmas Carol. I don't have the time right now with the kid's age, but that has been added. <laughs> Any preference on character placement? Uh, like, I think I could pull a good Scrooge. The white hair. Mm. Uh, I could be crotchety if I need, need to, to be. you need to be like main character to complete? No. Like a main? Do you want like a musical like, or are you just like 
Christmas tree. I can't do too. the musical. I, I yeah, no, that's no. another. It's like swimming for me. No singing. <laughs> no go. Uh, a Christmas silent tree role. doesn't count. You can't be like you have to be like, like a acting role. Little Timmy's like strong brother Tom. <laughs> <laughs> like Big Tom. I can play Big Tom. He doesn't wear sleeves, right? <laughs> no speaking parts. I just walked through a couple times. Uh, Hi, Mom. <laughs> like mid-play. I, I, got my, I brought my list up. Okay. Stuff I got to get done. I want to yeah. see a real tornado. Uh, I'll be part of a sailing I'm team not. for a race. Steve Penfield has promised to make that happen. Let's get that done, Steve. Um, go to the Red Bull Flutog. Ooh. That's where they race oh, those cardboard yeah, down the ramp. Yeah, yeah. Those are cool. Uh, I'm going to do a Spartan race, which I'm going to be doing Saturday. So my list does have things that I check off. 12 miles? As we go. I Is ran that... with the bulls in Spain. That oh, on there. no. Punch an alligator in the face. I did that in uh, New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans. Did he deserve it, or you just walk up? He and looked at me funny. <laughs> he just said, he the I wasn't going to have a long no, no. conversation with him. The alligator's just sitting there chilling. He's like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> He's still confused. <laughs> he, we're in the fan boat. He kind of popped up. I socked him right in the beak. <laughs> Hit him on the beak, and he's like, bro. He's prehistoric. He can take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to do the loop, which is the one-year voyage where you get on a boat and you go around Mississippi all the way back up through. Um, is that like guide, like guided, or are you literally like no. steamboat Willie driving? Steamboat Willie, like you get a looper boat and you go like eleven to fifteen miles an hour, and just you find a cool town on the way. You stay for a couple of days. Awesome. Um, I wanted to pull the kids out of school in two years and do it with the wife and the family. I did the research, had like <laughs> teachers go. I talked, interviewed some teachers about how I'm going to pull this off. So like when I went to my beautiful, wonderful wife, Lindsay, and said, you know, hey, here's the plan. What do you think? Like, these are good grades for them to have us yeah. self-teach. It was an immediate no, less than a tenth of a second. Not, not like a no, what were you thinking? Just a no. I don't care what you were thinking. <laughs> you didn't even get to get to point. Nothing. Yeah. You didn't even get to the All PowerPoint. All up. No, nope. <laughs> like, did not. I had a whole PowerPoint set up. <laughs> it's like going to zoning, and you're like, I'm going to put a Hooters downtown Hudsonville. Like, oh, yeah. Nope. Yep. Wow. My research doesn't matter. Yep. Not going to happen. Um, uh, run the London Marathon. I want to drink a beer with Wade Boggs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Wade Boggs, yeah, of course. Go to Caseville for Jimmy Buffett weekend. RIP. Float down the Nile River. Um, mm. No. Ooh. Dude. There's Crocs in there and like hippos. Hippos. They've crocs, heard about me. Snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, is that that guy that punched an alligator? In the and they're they're going to know I'm coming. It's that guy from the sock that alligator in South Florida for no reason. <laughs> He's crazy. Go, uh, go noodling where you stick your arm and pull the catfish out. Uh, no. I'm good. You're, you're out on that? I'm out. How many of these are you coming with me on, Max? Probably. Um, I'd probably I'm, say about half. I've tornado? Done. Let's go see a real tornado together. I, I would storm chasing. Yeah, I did the Spartan race, or I did a Tough Mudder. Oh yeah, and like I, probably still sign up. You run like twelve miles, and all these jumping in water and mud, and I'm sure poop and all this poop is in there. Why would they I'm make- sure there's poop? People always no. get a coli and stuff when they run these things. So read about it, and so then read a book, mate. What do you? <laughs> you get done. You're like twelve miles. You can see the finish line, and they're like. There's the beer stand, and you're like, yes, like I'm about that. I can do that. And they're like, but first, you have to run through these this electrical event, and you get electrocuted. Yeah, well, electric well, shocked at the very end of a race. And you're like running through these wires, and you're like <laughs> down on the ground. You're like, what am I doing? What did I do? <laughs> what did I sign up for? I like the alligator. So no, I'm I'm good on Spartan race. 
Uh, we had a we had a longer list. Write a screenplay. I started my screenplay. Mm. What's a uh, comedy rom com? It's action. a comedy called The Henchman. What are the henchmen characters doing on this island in the middle of nowhere that no one knows about? Why do you need this many henchmen? They have to be bored. What are they up to? Like interview process the whole night. How do you move like, up? Like <laughs> your VPs of like every bank has a zillion VPs. Are you all VP of? Uh, yeah, Operation security, like on day one. Are they are they ten ninety nines or are they? Are I they can't believe it's a subcontract yeah. situation. <laughs> no kind a of lot tax of structure there is over there. <laughs> but what, what if you're a henchman and you can shoot straight? Like they're not allowed to do that. You can never hit the yeah. hero. You're on path to hero at that point. Yeah. Well, if you just kill the hero the second he gets like up trying to climb the movie like, hey, like I get, yeah. I get da, 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 promoted, da, da. and they're like, no, no, you don't, bro. It's <laughs> not what you do. What'd you give me a gun for? Um, I like so it. working through some of that. That sounds like a Scorsese film to me. Uh, do the Great White Shark cage drop. Oh, that would be cool. Again, the swimming thing is an issue there, but I yeah, but I you're supposed to do more like a dunk, dunk yeah. me down, punch a shark, come back up. I think yep. I don't need to punch. <laughs> I don't need to punch a shark, but I think I would. I'm do not the that angry of a person. But I'm punching a lot of animals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't have PETA on us. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, go to the Indy 500, watch this. Mm-hmm. Kane with a real I have done that. That's um, worth it. Infield or? No. Grand I heard the infield is a young man's game. It's it a is. Young, it's a young man's game. But they have um, Steve Aoki at the whole like area. We we couldn't like hear him, but we could see like. Steve Aoki, that, like where you sing other people's songs? No. <laughs> no, like, like the, like the long hair guy. I don't know. He throws he's cakes a, at people's faces. Is he a stuff. DJ? He's a DJ. Yeah, that's what I thought. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not old YouTube. I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we did that. I'll send did, a fax on it. We did the Indy 500 and it was an absolute disaster, but it was like, it was a fun time. But it's young man's it's, game. Yeah. Let's go do it. I w- I'm in. But I think you have to do infield. I want to own a buffalo farm. If anyone has a buffalo farm for sale. <laughs> and. There's a couple more. Watch an underground fight in Asia. Like with a knife. Yeah, I've done, like, yeah. like, you've done that, Max? No, I haven't done the not. They didn't have weapons. But, I mean, I went to uh, a Thai You saw kickboxing. an underground fight at Carabas, and that's the same? No, it was just like Thai kickboxing, like on like cash matches and stuff. Yes. Like. So it'd be like two. Like the I think the first fight, it was like midnight and the first fight was like two 11 year olds coming out to Thai kickboxing oh my gosh like stuff where like was that. this in Thailand oh you were there for real yeah see I need to go to that it was it was fun it was it, fun. Like the Nile River on the way over no <laughs> I'll watch I'll watch from the shore on that one yeah sit in a boat on that one yeah I'll be the fan boat guy yeah. alright so let's uh, let's flip the script what are your two commercial Sale goals for the next 18 to 24 months. Mm. What do you want to sell that you've never sold before, or a, maybe a dollar threshold or a closing mm. record per week? <clears throat> I, honestly, like, and this sounds cheesy, but I like for me, like, I feel pretty content on that and where I'm at now, like from here to end of the year. But, like, in I, I would just love to see, like, help Nick find something that is like something like like that he feels super pumped about and be a part of I'd say that'd be my goal yeah I'm trying to think if there's like a product out there that I'm trying I'm, I'm with you not a number thing but I want to like sell something really cool like I keep looking at Geenan's Yonkers yeah, that he's that got, and cool. I'm like okay something cool has to go there like it's sat empty for way too long 
I've heard of uh, at the end of the mall. I heard Sears was going to be a bowling alley bar. I heard Yonkers yeah. they were looking at office space, but those two things are dated. I mean, yeah, might have been pre-COVID even. Yeah, and Some, someone's going to make a lot of money that figures out how to repurpose those, as well as just off the whole office market. In my opinion, I, lo- I look at the uh, that that Chase Bank just became for sale in Cascade. Yeah, behind uh, AK Ricks and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's six acres of land in Cascade Township. That's going to be a cool build. Like, I, I don't know if you can do like man caves there or something. I went and walked cool. it, and it it's a uh, yeah, it's is it office it, right now? Mostly? It is. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, but it could be. It's got docks. It's got overhead door. Um, I, I was looking at it more from like, I'm like, oh, that looks like an easy conversion to self storage. Of course um, you are. You are so stuck. I love. Yeah. I, it's so simple. The idea of it's simple, but it doesn't fit the zoning. Um, but even then, like, it backs up to residential, residential. and multifamily yeah. too. And I'm like, maybe. Um, but there's some quasi commercial industrial user, I'm sure, because the the price is right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I really want to sell or something like Could that. Could you PUD it? Does Cascade allow over five acres? I gotta ask them. Yeah. yeah. Not ten. It's, it's, a, it's a cool price. parcel. Yeah. It's a cool parcel. Someone's gonna make a cool project out of it at some point. I figured AK yeah, I figured the AK Ricks would probably push back on some of it anyway because they have like that back patio and stuff, yeah. so depending on what it is. Right. Depending yeah. on what it is. But that's why you do some high-end like man caves. Yeah. I wonder if, yeah. That's what I was thinking for that one in Hudsonville too of like, can you just put like short overhead doors in? And I know a couple man cave projects in the works in Hudsonville already. I think that okay. there's a lot of people yeah. looking to do this exact same thing. Well, and the price, like the... The price on those keeps on industrial just keeps pushing up. Like, um, but it's still. I mean, you got to be like fifteen bucks a square foot, even for like that small stuff right now, plus triple that to make it work. And even then, it doesn't look that good. And you're like, yeah. So are you really gonna push to like twenty bucks and be retail? Yeah. No. So I don't know. I think you know would be fun. Actually, would be a fun goal is to bring a. And you've done this. I know you have, but would be to. Bring a new brand of something. Maybe I'll make that my goal next year. What bring, new a brand new, bring a new I brand a couple. to, to um, West I'm trying to think. Clean Juice. I know I helped with them. Their kind of expansion. Uh, they only did one store, but DGX. So it's part of the Dollar General brand. Yeah. So they opened a spot in downtown. What Grand is Rapids. DGX? It's just their downtown grocery store concept. They did it right before COVID, and it worked really good, like pre-COVID, but post-COVID, just with people not being in downtowns, it just hasn't been as successful. Somebody told me they went the in and they like shopped, had the whole experience, and then left, and then started Googling it before they realized it was actually Dollar General. They like rebranded it. It looks yeah. good. It's still, you, if you look hard enough, you can tell it's a Dollar General, but it's got a clean look to it. Anything else that you've brought? Mm, Anything? I was there on the infant stage when Chick-fil-A was starting to enter the market. So that was pretty fun to be a part of just to hear their brand expansion plans and what that looked like. That was pretty cool. It's absolutely wild that when we had her on last week and we were talking yeah. about this before, $8 million in sales. In My one. sister made it up to like level three out of four. So for the interview process. Yeah. yeah. She said that you have better chances of getting into Harvard and or playing in the NFL, NFL than you do owning a Chick Fil A franchise. Yeah, statistically. Yeah. And even she, like, she worked there. She had like all the background, and she. So she, your sister making it to three or four is. I don't remember how many there were. It was a yeah. couple. Of them. 
Because when we did the plumbing and all the original ones that came to town, mm-hmm. and then somehow my father was working there and got the contact and went down the road a little bit. Yeah, I think I think I'm excited for next year, like trying to push into because I've never I've never done multifamily, so I'd mm-hmm. like to to be a part of a. Multi-family. It's like many stories where people live inside at the windows. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, people live inside yeah. my mini storage too. Yeah. <laughs> I love mini storage. It's great. It's like a simpler, it's an even simpler version of industrial to me. There's no build out. There's no questions. It just takes so long. And the fill is, takes so long. And the fill takes forever. But then it's like, once it's full, you don't have to worry about like panic. Like, oh my gosh, I just lost my main tenant. Now what? Yeah. But do you have to deal with disgruntled tenants who just like don't pay? Well, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's like driving a Tesla across the country. Like, yeah. It's gonna get you there, but so boring. Oh, what Drive are you, a real car? What do you? I mean, other than the smile fund, I mean, anything that like real estate or I need to open my restaurant at some point. Needs place. I got the drawings done. I need you to do? Some dirt. What are you gonna do? Pizza? Will you send them to me? Um, or no? There might be a pizza. Yeah, so you drawings. Okay. Um, I can't give the well. I, no one's gonna listen to this thing, anyways. So <laughs> it's like a, a Dude, like a Chris brewery. My mom are stealing. This I, wa- I want to steal the look. Do you guys know Three Blondes Brewing? Yeah. We almost did. Yeah. Our, we almost did the taping there. I love that industrial look to a building, but instead of a brewery, just have local Michigan beers, not just your cherry wheat and Coors Light, and have some different things. Good wood fired pizza. Um, then my buddy AJ Dufendock and um, his partner Jeremy, they own Garage Kept Motors right down the road. Uh, that's a very high end, weird, uh, you know, Ferraris, uh, old Porsches, uh, classic car dealer. And then every month we will swap out the three cars in the center for new cars that will have descriptions mm-hmm. of them and sale prices with the idea of having car clubs use this as a destination to drive out and let's go to Nate's place and see what new cars. Maybe we'll have a Porsche month. So you got a brand new Porsche, a uh, vintage Porsche. And did Porsche make a motorcycle at any point? No, I wouldn't know that. I don't know either. Porsche truck. That's a real thing. Yeah. But just another reason to change the decor inside a restaurant. So many of them are the exact same. Yeah. You still got to have good beer and good food, but like three blondes is perfect. They got a couple really good pizzas, a couple good handhelds, a couple good appetizers. And that's it. There's no yeah. like prime rib, Specials, no, just good food, a yeah. good short menu. Because I can't stand when you go to a restaurant; it's like twenty page menu. Applebee, per, dude, I love the B. No, but no. Applebee's. Are you hunting for a sponsor here? Or just, <laughs> come on, <laughs> I like Applebee's. No, I do. No. The quesadilla. The, the only one that has a good like long menu is Cheesecake Factory. Dude, the, oh, that's fair. The Applebee's. I I don't know if this is just hearsay. I I like. Rumors, but supposedly the Applebee's in Gaines Township is like one of the busiest in the state or the country or something like that. <laughs> it's probably me. <laughs> yeah. And I've only been there accent? like twice. What's that? Camels who have accent? Yeah. yeah. Right, right down in front of Meyer Target. Meyer, yeah. Supposedly it's like one of the busiest. I've been there twice, so there's legitimacy to this. Yeah. In the last year, I've been there twice. <laughs> wow. Probably the busiest. Really treat years. yourself to some microwave food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, don't wonder no. how fat why that food comes out so fast it's called reheat real quick yep. <laughs> yeah. the line steak of microwave. that's impressive <laughs> line of microwaves in the back oh. <laughs> uh, no I don't think Nate's place at, where Where do you is it downtown is it Hudsonville is it you need to be right off a highway somewhere 
Just maybe easy where the old, old Kmart used to be, Jenison, like off that exit there. Like you could tuck mm-hmm. that back farther in the back. You don't have to be on Chicago Drive. Or better yet, the, the current should, PUD doesn't allow for that. But you should just bulldoze the old Charlie's Crab and put it there. I know it's going there already. I can't say. Something oh. fun. Yeah, it'll be really yeah, cool. It'll be good for the area. Yeah. And yeah, I can't afford that kind of dirt. Not yeah. for something like this. But, you don't have but there's to, something really cool going there. You don't have to comment on that, but I've always heard that it was just gonna it was gonna be another hotel at some point. And you don't you don't have to say it is not you. that. Okay. But that's excited. all I can say because it could change and now yep. someone's gonna I'm gonna get canceled. Charlie's <laughs> crab, which Dude, I do miss that place. You said earlier, no one's gonna hear this anyways. I don't <laughs> eat a buffets except for that one. That yes. was the one I would go to. Yep. Hmm. I'm trying to think if there's anything else fun that I could do next year. Yeah. I, honestly, I think it'll be interesting just see market wise, like Q1. Everyone's like, oh, Q1's yeah. gonna be. Everyone's gonna get their butts kicked and. Commercial back security loans are all gonna crash, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, has there some really, really big stuff coming yet that's gonna keep I mean, in the contracting world where we turn down piles of work every single day, and right. we're booked for. I mean, we have a backlog of seventy million. What was the that's pretty rare? What was the comment you made about electricians? If every, yeah, there's there, there's talk that the six there's six big projects coming to the Grand Rapids area. And if all six go through at the same time next year, it will take every licensed electrician from their first day on the job to the guy who's going to retire the next day within 80 miles of Grand Rapids just to get those six done. At least nobody left for residential or retail or anything. It's just the the shortage of what's coming. So you would think out of those six Mm. projects, a couple of them will just take a step back and do it a year or two. But a few the six parties that are doing these, none of them want to be, none of them are waiters. They don't wait. Uh, we want it now. Huh. So you wild. have to bring travelers in from out of state, but are there enough travelers? Yeah. And what does that do to your pro forma and yeah. feasibility? And it's super yeah. exciting it's gonna, for it's, Grand it's Rapids. A, it's though. a math problem, though. You can't call us right now and say, hey, start this job tomorrow for $10 million. Yeah. We don't care the price. It's like we physically can't. We have to somehow break all of our other contracts and get sued, or it's, it's a math problem. I haven't yeah. been that close, like paying attention to the soccer stadium, but they've been talking about it in the news a lot lately. And but capacity wise, I thought I checked and like it doesn't fit an MLS team. And I was kind of like mildly like, I was like, really? Like, why not build to try and push to get an MLS team? Or are we just so far off market-wise? No, it will be built to MLS standards. It is built, okay, yeah. capacity-wise. <clears throat> I don't think there'll be an MLS team first. But Fine. What they're, what they're doing, though, which will be really build cool, it. Build the program. is the, the leagues here are going to start copying Europe, where the top two move up and the bottom two move down. Oh, so yeah. that way, you're That's still cool. getting a lot of coverage, and if your team does well and gets moved up to MLS, yeah. now you're... Stadium is MLS Stadium. So they'll have the size of it. Just we, our, our team needs to work their way up. Yeah. Exactly. I, I always said, too, I think Grand Valley needs to move their football stadium to there if that ever gets built. Yeah, I thought that that, that would be cool. Before the renovation to the current football stadium in Allendale, doesn't seem like it was that long ago, four years ago. I don't, but it would be so cool to have that stadium downtown. I sure. thought that's what they are going to do before the amphitheater and everything was yeah. announced. I thought it was going to be GBSU's was going to, in my mind, I think Grand Valley continues to transition towards downtown because from recruiting and getting kids in, like, yeah. would you rather live in Allen or maybe Allendale just keeps growing, but would you rather live in Allendale or downtown Grand Rapids? Uh, the, a lot of the complexes in Allendale for student housing are not full. They haven't been for years. 
So a lot of the students are transforming to downtown. So they, the, they're still choosing to live. They'll live downtown and still hit the Allendale like, campus. You got the bus route that runs yeah, back and forth. you got that Which helps a ton. I, Grand Valley's growing a little bit, not like they used to be, I don't think. I, again, I might be speaking way out of school on some of these facts. Yeah. I'm going off a lot of what I heard at Mr. Burger or something. Um, <laughs> all good, all yeah. good things to start at Mr. Burger. Uh, but I know that there was a big push for downtown stuff, but... Yeah, I don't know. What about like okay, so you hear like things that are announced or being worked on in like factory yards. Like, do you think factory? Because that that opens a hold. There was the uh, the market. Uh, I can't remember. Geenan did the deal. Um, two thirty four market. Two thirty four market that kind of opens that corridor up. But if that factory yards really goes, I mean, it really incentives are all there. Whole, it, it has to go. It's a. It opens a whole new node of downtown of yeah. like, or what downtown is right now. Yeah, I agree. It's pushing that way. That'll be interesting. We're starting to see. to see pricing on some of the buildings over there. They're trying to get that five year from now price. Uh, yeah. When they should be getting the three years ago price. Okay. Hmm. So who's going to gamble on, you know, an eight cap when you're borrowing money at eight uh, percent? You just need to sit and hold, or you need a ten thirty one or something to make it make sense. Is there a plan? Uh, residential only at first, or are they pushing commercial? Uh, I've seen listings and I've stuff. Seen, yeah, I've seen listings for commercial stuff. I also, I'm like, how many new apartments do we need in downtown? I mean, there's a lot. I heard we need another 6,000. 6,000? Man, that's wild. I've yeah. always said the same thing. We've been a part of some amazing downtown apartment projects, and you're like, they're getting this kind of rent. This thing's going to sit empty. Yeah, but it always fills up, right? Fills up. Well, and I was talking, I won't say who it was, but they they said that uh, townhome sales have slowed down immensely. And I think it's because it used to be cheaper to buy the townhome, your payment, your monthly payment. It's probably an entry-level buyer. And now it's gotten more expensive to because of financing, prices, et cetera. It's cheaper to rent again. And I'm like, I'm wondering if... I think that's probably going to be true across the board where it's like now it's more expensive to buy again as opposed to rent. So can rents continue to increase? I think people are willing, at least the demographics are changing to the point where people are willing to pay a little bit extra for rent than they already even own. Mm -hmm. Uh, They saw their parents go through a foreclosure um, and they want the flexibility. The people I have leasing from me at Black River Flats, I thought it was just going to be a lot of entry level, which there is. But there's also some people I look at their income, I'm like, holy cow. You know, they're, they're here. They don't want to be tied down. They might be working at Perigo or somewhere. They want, might want to take a job in Portland tomorrow. Hmm. Buy my way to my lease. or My lease is up in six months. Or my new employer will pay for housing for me for two years. And so they jump and go to a new city, and they want that flexibility. I had that yeah. with Snowbirds, too. They want, they're, they're not holding on to condos or buying condos. They're leasing townhomes. That way, if all of a sudden it's getting cold and nasty here, turn the thermostat down, yep. get an Allegiant flight, and you're gone. There's no worry about you know, mowing the lawn or bringing the trash out or anything else. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a huge, huge benefit to just renting. Mm-hmm. And now you're not worried about your kids, you know, who gets the condo yeah. when I kick it and, um, you know, selling it. And before I go to nursing home, just it's a, it's a lease. I'm and, done, I'm done. and our ratios for home ownership comparatively to the world, I'm, I'm sure somebody should fact check me because I'm just saying shit now. But I'm I'm sure that our home ownership is a lot higher than like a lot of European countries and stuff like that. Comparatively, not to even our- that. Boston, mm. Boston's about the same size as us. Again, there's zero fact checker here. 
the fact checker is not sitting next to me, but I heard this from a, a, a developer in the area, and he said that Boston, like the rental percentage is like 80%. And around here, it's what, 40? Yeah. People actually rent 35? So sure. People just aren't yeah. used to it around here. They're still under the old stigma of, you're just throwing your money away. It's yeah. a, it's well, a very paying, conservative. You're still paying interest, a ton of interest on owning something unless you're paying cash. Uh, yeah. What are you really, it, it's the same thing. You're paying the bank interest or you're paying a landlord the same $1,200 or $2,000 a month, but one gives you flexibility. And if you're a, a late 20-something, early 30-something, working hard to climb a ladder, you might need to bounce from here to Portland, to mm-hmm. El Paso, to Boston, back to GR until you're going to have kids until, um, I just don't know if that, oh, buying that house right away at 22 years old, that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. It's uh, Atlanta. We're When we were in Atlanta, what that guy say? It went from 2 million to 6 million from from the time the Olympics, they had the Olympics. Yeah. is like 2 million population to 6 million in Atlanta. And I mean, imagine like that extreme of growth. I don't think we'll see that in Grand Rapids, but it'd be fun to watch and be a part of like if GR took like that leap where we could start getting some looks at like professional teams or stuff like that not not that we need Lions 2.0 but we'll take it right now we got them for cheap a couple years ago yeah yeah, there's a premium now right now but uh, I think we need a couple more large companies to headquarter downtown I mean I need office in Maine like what uh, Corwell is doing yep um, bringing those jobs, walkability, sure. Yep, it's funny. We're getting I, some. I used to do the site selection for AutoZone, and whenever we had them in town, they're from Memphis. So we drive through town, and they'd be like, "I thought you guys had Steelcase, Meyer, like Amway. Why, why are none of them downtown? Yeah, Gordon Foods, where you know, like, what, 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 why do none of them have an office building in downtown? It's okay. Well, they're all out in different suburbs, and like that's been the, always the pushback I've gotten is why, why, why aren't your major employers have a big office building in downtown? Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess I don't. Even, I never even thought about that. Yeah, and obviously, AccuSure Corwell's doing it. Um, it's come back, but think about yeah. where it was. Corwell's years building ago. Yeah. is like from the Monroe uh, Street front side is beautiful. That brick. Oh yeah, so <laughs> cool. have you gone and looked at it? Yeah, I played pickleball over at Bell now. It is beautiful. They crush yeah. it. So not cool. not a huge fan of the name change. No. Whoever was still changing in a year. Yep. <laughs> I hear a lot of yeah. <laughs> corn. I hear like corn, cornhole, 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 corn, corn, yeah, whatever. There's but. a chance of sponsorship gone. <laughs> Cross them off the list of <laughs> shit. Whatever. Yeah. We're going after Metro Health, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's changing. It's on. It's fun. And like, I mean, the part like. Of like the Hudsonville, Jamestown, like that area is growing so fast too that that's a lot of the stuff. Obviously, like you guys live there and stuff, and and a lot of it trends because of that. But of why you're doing so much over there, but the population is moving that way too. Yeah, yeah schools just never stop. I mean, we do so much school work and it just never stops. There's more bonds being passed constantly, Jeez. and I'll give you some inside baseball on it. Why that is? Why these. If we're gonna, if I was gonna get married and have four kids, I go to find a house that's big enough for four kids. Well, in the school bond world, you can't. You can only ask for money for whatever your third grade enrollment is. That's the number they use. So, oh. your wow. kindergarten might be one hundred and fifty percent the size of your third grade, but you can't do anything about it. Ooh. So that's why you constantly just see a couple more classroom additions on all these little buildings instead of just being like. Let's build one big yeah. ass school, shut half of it down, 
and open up rooms as we need it. You know, financially, you think it would make the most sense, but you're not allowed to do that. Huh. So that's why, I mean, places like Caledonia, Hudsonville, we've never stopped being on one of their facilities at some given point. They just oh. never stopped are growing. You doing the, are you doing the basketball stadium for Hudsonville? Oh, uh, yeah, we're doing the high school. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, How, I heard the the basketball arena. Is it an arena? A stadium? Courthouse? I don't know the technical term. I heard it's it, beautiful. It's amazing, yeah. I mean, you really can cool. see it from the outside, but I haven't been in. But dug, like, into the ground. Oh, that's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Anything else? Good of the order? Good. Let's start taping. Yeah. Hit record. <laughs> oh my gosh. You have no idea how nervous I am. We'll see. <laughs> oh man. Thanks, Nate. Thank, guys. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Nate. Thank you so much for coming and spending another two and a half hour plus hours with us. And please, for the love of God, let, yeah. let this record it. Hopefully you guys are hearing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, thank you. We we appreciate you. I know Trevor loves you. We love you. Thank you for everything. A lot of fun, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And once I get a couple more of my guests on the Nate Highboard podcast, <laughs> I've had, I'm on like, I don't know, episode 165 or something. Yeah. We'd like a 200. Just before 200. Yeah. Uh, That'd be awesome. We really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it.